Today, we bask in the light of mustachioed greatness. I can't tell you how excited I am to get into the movie we are discussing today. The excitement is threefold. For starters, I've never seen 1986's Night of the Creeps before. And yes, I know, I know what is wrong with me. I have no idea how I've never seen it. But I'm glad it finally happened. Secondly, we finally get to honor the legendary Tom Atkins, who honestly takes this movie up an entire level for me. Every time he's on screen, he brings some sort of powerful mustache grit that is kind of hard to explain with words, but I can't get enough of it. It's awesome. Lastly, I'm glad to welcome Bobby from The Grindvent back on the show, who recommended the movie, so thank you very much for that. Bobby, now get ready for a movie that has aliens that don't skip a meal. Plenty of squishy slug sounds, 1950s music hits, 1980s tolerable music, I guess hits, I don't know if they're hits, zombie pets, and a ginger that we actually care about. It's pretty, like, I mean, honestly, the list could go on and on and on and on, but hey, we don't have time for all that. Let's just get the show on the road. All right, so play that crap theme song. It's the Mustachio Podcast, we're ready for the show. We'll watch moves, we'll make some jokes, and then we'll all go home. Navigating the legendary hairy upper lips, it's the Mustachio Podcast, Hey everybody, welcome back to the Mustachio Podcastio. I am your host, Daniel Segura, and I am bringing someone back that I've been wanting to get back on this show, but he is incredibly incredibly popular. He is just one of those sought-after podcasters, and he's a hard guy to get a hold of. He's the funny the funny one in the Grindbin podcast. <laughs> His name is Bobby. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, Bobby. How's Man, what an intro. Yes, sir, I am back. Uh, to let you know that I can really shake them down. Uh, I'm I'm very happy to be back on the show, my man. I, this took a little while to schedule it out because, as you mentioned, I'm just so damn popular and busy. Uh, but I'm glad we were finally able to do this, especially uh, discussing a film that I have loved for a very long time. Yeah, man. I was just so I was just telling every everybody. I was just telling Bobby that I've never seen this movie, Night of the Creeps. Never seen it. It's just one of those. Movies that got past me, and I was curious to ask you, like, what is your relationship with this movie? What made you want to talk about this one? Uh, as a very small boy, I would spend, uh, this won't surprise you if you haven't heard me say this before, uh, <laughs> I spent a lot of time just hanging out in a video store. Oh, that's uh, so fun. Just the one near my house, I would walk to it from my mom's house. We're talking when I was, like, five, you know? And uh, wow. I just, I'd get, the guy there would give me free popcorn because it was one of those old VHS stores that had the popcorn machine up behind the counter. You know, you just fill a bag. Oh, that's fun. And so I'd just get a little little scoop of popcorn and I'd go sit in the horror section and just, you know, quote, unquote, read the boxes. <laughs> you, know, my, you know, my vocabulary was still limited at that point, but yeah, I could read a little. And uh, the Night of the Creeps VHS box terrified me. No shit. I thought it was so scary. I wouldn't run from it or anything, but just it, it gave me a chill every time. And uh, I was fascinated by this movie. So eventually I did uh, convince my mom to rent it. And uh, it ended up being a lot more fun and a lot less scary than I, little Bobby thought the movie would be. Because uh, yeah. obviously I didn't know that we were getting into a, a campy kind of horror comedy with this. But uh, <laughs> oh, So was it the one with the weird zombie guy looking through a window yes in a tuxedo in, in like a tux with a little uh a little flower on his lapel 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that does look creepy as shit. If I was when I was five, that would have definitely made me ooh, give me the creeps. <laughs> Now, yeah. is this one that you've heard of prior to this? Yes, definitely. A okay. uh, lot of, you know, I've heard a, a, a lot of uh, friends mention it. And it's one of those where I always would tell them, oh, yeah, I need to check that one out. Like, I've never seen that movie and just never got to it. And when you when you said, when you mentioned this one to cover in the, in the podcast, yo, I was like, here we go. This is a perfect opportunity. I'm kind of glad that I waited this whole time because I feel like I caught this movie if I had saw it when I was young, like when at your age, I would have definitely loved it. But I think um, at my age now, watching it for the first time, I could like bring this whole different appreciation to this film. I fucking loved it so much. And I'm just going to let everyone know, go watch this movie. If you haven't seen it before you listen to this show. Go Absolutely. watch it. It's so much fun. Uh, you can rent it on YouTube. Um, yeah. I have a tangible copy, of course, but you can, uh, I believe that's where you could find it. I don't know if it's on Prime or, or Hulu or anything like yeah. that. You can definitely rent it on Prime. That's how I saw it. I don't have a physical copy, but I will be getting one. Um, I probably might get that VHS box that scared you as a kid. I kind of <laughs> want to get that version. Honestly, now as an adult and an absolute ghoul, I have an affection for that image because it was something that used to scare me. Yeah. You know, it was like that and Nightmare 2. <laughs> like those are the the two box arts that really uh i looked through my fingers at as a small boy but yeah, uh the reason i, I brought it here to the mm-hmm. podcastio is we need to talk about one of the greatest mustachioed actors of all time in in my small opinion but uh one mr tom atkins you are very very right he has not been honored on this show and he absolutely deserves that attention he deserves that spotlight and i don't think it's going to be the last time this man is on this show because he is awesome. Oh, I hope not. If I have to do it myself, we'll bring him back on this sheer show. Oh, you could be the Mr. Tom Atkins guy. Just <laughs> I'll just be to... resident Tom Atkins fan, Bobby Trivet. <laughs> yeah. But I sent you a still image, which now knowing that you've never seen the film must have been wild of just Tom Atkins sitting on some sand in an all-white suit. Oh, yeah. I remember it's... thinking... What the fuck? I didn't think this movie would have a scene like this, but it makes sense once you watch the movie. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, you see him on a, on a beach in the sun with his glasses on. He's drinking out of a coconut and looking at some sexy ladies in bikinis. Oh. What movie is that from? Night of the Creeps. <laughs> You're like, is this guy the creeps? And, I, and I'll mention it when, in, when we get through the movie, but this is probably... Um, the greatest introduction of any mustachioed actor we've had on this show. Like, the <laughs> way this man comes into this movie, you're like, this fucker is going to be the shit throughout this whole fucking movie. A thousand percent. And that that's why I was like, dude, Daniel, we have to do this movie on your show. Oh, man. I had so much fun. It just makes me miss... It, it, it encapsulates that whole 80s, like, tongue-in-cheek horror movie vibe, but also does have some, like, I would imagine when people were watching it especially teenagers watching it for the who were the target market when it came out there was definitely some scenes where it was like oh shit like that fucking freaked me the fuck out there's so many good practical effects like i just had a fucking hell it kind of gave me that same fun feeling i had the first time i saw evil dead 2 when oh I was absolutely young. it's just fun it doesn't take itself crazy serious but it still at the same time doesn't forget that a it's a horror movie but we're also having we're just having a good time baby <laughs> oh totally totally and I, I think there's even a moment where they pay homage to evil dead 2 oh 
uh, which we'll get to later. But um, there is a spot that I believe is that because this movie does play a lot of homages. I'm sure you noticed that there are characters with uh, with names of famous horror people in it. Oh yeah, they, the, yeah. This movie is filled with, and also there are some some things I'll be asking you because I you are definitely um, much more well versed. I I feel in my opinion, just because I know you just from a lot of the times where you've mentioned movies you've seen, or you know you you seem to you are really good about knowing background. And so I definitely there there are some times where I'm be like, do you happen to know where this is from? <laughs> because there are some moments where I'm like, I bet you that is a homage that I just cannot recognizing it, but I know it's something. But um, <laughs> oh, is, I'm I'm certain of that. <laughs> is there anything else in, like anyone else in this movie that like? Chris, the guys that play Chris and JC, like, did those guys do anything else after this? Because I liked them. <laughs> uh, you know, honestly, I'm not sure about them. I mostly was focusing on Tom Atkins. <laughs> but, uh, and I know that the uh, the person who made the film, Fred Decker, this was his first project, but he went on to do a few significant things. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I like those guys, man. I thought, I thought JC was kind of like a... Um, he was like, you know, they always tried to make Johnny Depp charming when he was around that age, and he just wasn't. Like, he's just he just didn't have it in him. This guy's actually charming, and he kind of has that Johnny Depp kind of energy. It just he's happened to be using um, arm stilts, <laughs> like arm canes. <laughs> it's 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 really the one. It's the one element Johnny Depp was missing back in Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> you gotta humble him down a little bit, you know. They're good looking guys. Put him in some arm stilts. <laughs> we can't yeah. we can't have him just being an absolute smoke show. No one's gonna pay attention to anyone else. <laughs> but I I think that's probably one of the things that um, I immediately and well, there's one thing that really immediately made me enjoy it. But when you get to meet these main protagonists in this movie, as you know, other than the fact Tom Atkins is awesome, but you meet some of these uh, uh, these teenage or like young adult guys that are in college. To me, they they make the film a lot of fun and i love their their energy and all that good shit like i wanted that i didn't have like some good buddy to go to college with me and all my friends like either didn't go to college or they went somewhere else or they did something else and i was just alone i remember my first friend in college was um <laughs> was this mormon guy um i remember he was wearing um sandals which i'd never really seen a lot of guys wear. like guys just didn't wear sandals where i grew up <laughs> and I noticed it right away. I was like, that guy's wearing sandals indoors. This is weird. <laughs> wow. And uh, I remember he saw my face because it was the first day and it was a huge auditorium. And I'd come from a school that it wasn't like some small town, small school, but the the classes had maybe 25 seats. And this had huge. And I was just like, holy crap, like this is crazy. And he looked at me and he was like, oh, is this your first year? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, yeah, you can sit with me, man. Like, you know, I'll, I'll show you around. I know the building. I've been here for two years. I was like, oh, cool. I don't know why he was taking like first level literature, but <laughs> <laughs> he was like the Van Wilder. He's like, what do you got here? Books? Yeah, I guess I'll try it. <laughs> So he was my first buddy, and he was awesome, though. Like, we, we were good friends. But I never had that, where, like, I went from high school, and obviously they, it looks like they knew each other back in the day. So, I don't know. I like that feeling of it. You know, it's a good buddy-buddy type thing. But unfortunately, and, yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Things go south. I think it's, uh, it's important when you're crafting a horror film to make your characters characters you'd want to follow if this wasn't a horror film exactly you'll care more about the peril they end up in if you like these characters and i think a lot of horror films forget to do that 
Yeah, they fuck up. They focus so much on the parts that they think are going to matter the most in the trailer. You know, mm-hmm. like you know, some of, either the monster parts or the killing parts or the screaming. But yeah, that character development is they do such a good job in this movie and it, it shines. I just, I can't wait to watch it again. Like I, I saw it literally, I w- woke up first thing this morning at 6.30 and I, t- cause I've been, I just been, it's been crazy. It's been a crazy week for all. I think it's been crazy for everybody. <laughs> yeah, this week has been a roller coaster. Oh my God. And so I've just been catching up on everything, but I really wanted to uh, take my time watching this movie. I didn't want to rush. And so I got an extra early, dude, and I watched this movie and I kept pausing it to keep taking notes because I was having a good time. <laughs> so I would like and to watch it without taking, like, having to pause it. To actually get to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like I mean, that must be kind of, is that something you experienced? Because you've been with the grind bin for a couple years long? now. Yeah, a long time. Like I, I joined in 2017, I want to say. Yeah, dude. So. Do you ever, every now and then, do you just kind of appreciate it when you can just watch a movie and not have to take, like, copious amounts of notes? Oh, I do. Very much. Very much. <laughs> uh, if I'm lucky enough to cover a movie that I've already seen a bunch of times, I don't really have to do the, uh, you know, it's a little bit behind the curtain for anybody who listens to these and doesn't do a show like this themselves, but often, you know, hour and a half movie's going to take you three hours to watch if you're taking the notes for the show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, case in point, uh, you know, tomorrow at the time of this recording, uh, my wife and I are going to be uh, appearing on a grind bin episode, and I got the I got the long and uh, note heavy watch for that film out of the way already, so that I can watch it with her just normal. Ah, oh, see, genius. And we can just enjoy it and then talk about it. That see, that's the way to do it. Because yeah, I was actually just on. Um, a podcast last night it's the barbacoa core podcast is a friend of mine patrick huerta <laughs> in great San, yeah in san antonio he has this really good podcast and i it was the first show in a while where i didn't need notes because it literally is just kind of talking about stuff and topics and news and things like that it felt so nice to just be able to kind of flip on my computer <laughs> and just talk and not and just have about, a chat yeah have a good chat so that's why I like this. I actually like the beginning part of my show because, you know, we're about to break this movie down. But I have a feeling it's only because I've I've covered some movies that are uh, not as fun. I have a <laughs> feeling this is going to be my, one of my favorites to break down. <laughs> Honestly, I, you know, having seen some of the films that you've covered, uh, I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got a pretty safe bet on this one. Oh, still trying to shake off silent rage, for God's sake. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so uh, I guess we should start by talking about Fred Decker, should we? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Hey, you know, this is uh, Fred Decker, uh, the creator of this film. It's his first movie he made. He'd only done a short prior to this. But uh, the very next year, he did a little lesser-known movie called The Monster Squad. <laughs> Holy shit. That's probably his most famous thing that he's done. Um, he also, uh, in 2018 was the writer for the predator wow the new take on the predator movies and uh a part that that touches my life personally is he also wrote and directed robocop 3 no shit where where robocop fights a uh, uh what was it an android ninja and uh gets a jetpack yeah so, i always remembered robocop 3 as that's the one where he flies <laughs> <laughs> And that's also the one where uh, the guy who plays RoboCop read the script and went, nah. I'm good. I'm going to revisit that one. Do you, so is, Robot, is RoboCop 3 one of those things where it's not a, a 
a crazy well um you know, it didn't get a lot of the the praise that the first movie got and the second movie, so not as much, but also so much. Is it one of those? It's just nostalgic for you that you just remember watching it a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think with the sequels, like I wouldn't call them good movies, but I certainly got my reps in when I was younger. <laughs> and there's some there's things to like about it, probably mostly ironically, but because uh, <laughs> that's the movie I've only, I've maybe seen that once, and it was years and years ago. So I kind of want to revisit it just to see it for funsies. I think some of the cast will surprise you when you revisit it. Right. People that would go on to be famous. I know uh, there's an opening scene with uh, Stephen Root, which you oh, may shit. remember as the uh, as the guy from Office Space who keeps talking about his missing stapler. Oh my God, he's in that. He's he's like a rioter at the beginning of RoboCop Three. He's part of the resistance. <laughs> Fucking Stephen Root. Get to see him actually burn a building down. Burn oh, <laughs> a building down to the ground. Oh my God. Oh. Yeah, I and that's something like ever since I got into into your show, the Grind Bin, and started doing my own show, you do start, especially because you're you know, especially y'all y'all cover seventies, sixties. You start seeing these people when they were super fresh faced and young, and it's kind of crazy. You're like, holy shit, I cannot believe they were in that movie. Oh, I know, because everyone's got to start somewhere, yeah. and uh, and you, you're shocked sometimes at where. <laughs> <laughs> where eventually great careers start out in such small means. It's astonishing, astonishing. You know, someone had to be a knight of the creeps. Yeah, and that's a, definitely one of the better ones to be a part of compared to, like, Leprechaun. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, Jennifer. <laughs> but uh, but let's talk about the man of the hour, the man with the power, too mm. sweet to be sour, Tom Atkins. Um, had you seen him in anything other than this? Ooh, I'd seen him in a couple of things, but I remember I used to always get him confused for the guy uh, from The Howling. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I used to. Always, I just figured that was the same guy for years and years. Man, what a what a what a shock! <laughs> I think arguably uh, for horror fans, most famously outside of Night of the Creeps, Tom Atkins was the star of. Uh, previously hated now beloved halloween 3 yes i love yeah halloween 3 is probably the one i think he's the most in top of my mind for um season of the witch it is weird how that's kind of come around and people are starting to like it again well honestly it's a great movie it's i think people fun. just had to get past the fact that michael's not in it but uh one thing i love that has cemented tom atkins in, in my heart is that uh at a horror convention uh, three people went as the three masks from Halloween 3. And, uh, you know, the witch, the pumpkin, and the skull. And they made a big uh, box, you know, that looked like the television set so they could reenact the commercial from the movie. Oh, shit. And they ran into Tom Atkins at this horror con, and he agreed to go along with them, and he filmed uh, himself holding a phone receiver next to the giant television with the three of them doing the commercial going, Turn it off! Turn it off! <laughs> Oh, so he, has a, he has a good sense of humor about the whole thing. Oh, absolutely. Because he's he's somewhat uh horror 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 royalty at this point. Oh, you know, totally. he was in he was in the fog, he was in the first maniac cop, he's in uh he's in the remake of My Bloody Valentine. He's he's definitely one of those uh maybe not top tier, but he's in there <laughs> as yeah. far as the uh the, the royal family of horror goes. You just made me remember him that he's in Maniac Cop, that's right. That is another one that I definitely saw him in. 
<laughs> yeah, Maniac Cop, dude. That was the one uh, like when I kept telling we covered Maniac in this show, and people were like, "Oh, you're doing Maniac Cop?" I'm like, "No, I'm doing Maniac, the one that just makes you feel like shit." <laughs> the one that the one that's a better movie, but not as fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. And uh, and he had a lot of other great stuff too. He's in Escape from New York. He's in Lethal Weapon. He's in Creep Show. Like, yeah, he's he's all over the place, man. You can't get away from that mustache. <laughs> He's picked some good movies, though. I'll give him that. He can read a script and know what's up. He knows. He could sense it in his stash. He could yeah. feel it in the hairs, whether it's going to be a good one. And he just looks down at his stash and goes, thrill me. <laughs> 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 oh, I love him in this one, too. He definitely has sort of a... Uh, he's like the burned-out detective who like hasn't... He hasn't shaken off the trauma that he had in his early days as a rookie. And at the same time, he has plenty of room for a good sense of humor and sarcastic jokes <laughs> yeah it's it's sort of a mix isn't it it's like he's a cop from an old noir film but at the same time he's a cop from like a frat comedy it's so good who has to keep like you know coming back to the frat house about the noise yeah <laughs> yeah he's awesome i love him in this one he's so a... should we uh should we break down the film itself yeah why not all right y'all this is the movie breakdown Night of the Creeps, dun 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 Chubby Aliens, dun 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 Squishy Slugs, dun 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 Fraternity Ghouls, I will say, when the opening credits come up and you see the, the campy style, like, um, Night of the Creeps, or you think it's just Creeps, right? Yeah. And it's coming through. I love that. Like, that is that classic, you're, like, in ninth grade or eighth grade, and you haven't gotten to first base yet, so you, you pop in this VHS, and you're trying to get all, you know, get all scary and watch put on a scary movie. Well, you're not trying to be scary. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely like, won't man, get a first base that way. <laughs> getting a real peek behind your process here. This is, and you know, you're trying to be as scary as possible. <laughs> yeah, real creepy, like, like whoa. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I just could imagine. Like, I would have loved watching this back in that time, like in ninth or eighth grade, and and being over, you know, with a bunch of friends and putting this on. Like, it's just so good. It sets the oh, mood. Excellent party movie. Hell like, yeah! You put this on with uh, you know a, a handful of other Night of the movies. <laughs> yeah, and you're, you're gonna have a good time. Anything that starts with Night of the, it's it's guaranteed a good watch for a for a Halloween party. And um, tell us a little bit about this opening, Bobby, because this is probably one of the weirdest openings <laughs> of any horror movie. <laughs> well, the movie opens like you'd expect it to, with uh, naked aliens running down a spaceship hallway. <laughs> they all look like yeah. little Stewies, but naked. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like garbage pail kids, just yeah. sort of, and they got this like rubber suit on a little person who's running down, running down a catwalk holding a big canister in his hands. Oh, it's so good. And uh, clearly something is up, but we never really get a full explanation of what's going on, but we do know he gets blasted out of an airlock, it's and we see the can go hurtling through space. Yeah, he throws the can like, um, like it's one of those cylindrical canisters when you're at the bank and it sucks it out. Oh, the Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it just goes out of this way. And you know what I like about these aliens is every time we see aliens, y'all, they're always a little, they're always like crazy anorexic looking or way too skinny. I like that these aliens, they, they're not skipping meals. <laughs> we got some thick aliens in this <laughs> so one. Thick, yeah, thick with two C's, baby. <laughs> 
I love these aliens. But yeah, so that that you see that sh- that little canister just go out into space. Who knows where it's gonna go? And from there, we pan down slowly, uh, down to Earth. You know, down down to America, mm-hmm. and we see that it's a uh, sorority row in 1959, and everything's black and white. <laughs> and now this is the second instance in like five, not even five minutes of this movie, where you're like, "What fucking movie am I watching?" <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. I remember when when I was watching it this morning, I was just like, "What the, what the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we got aliens, and it's a black and white movie from the fifties. They showed me like three movies, like in a row. It's like we're watching a, a writer brainstorm in real time. Oh yeah, you know, like he's like, so the aliens, right? And then they get blasted out the air. Like, no, 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 fuck that, fuck that. No, no, it's nineteen fifty nine, right? We're in sorority row, <laughs> just like blasting cigs and pacing around the room. Like, no, 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 I got it now, I got it. Oh, it's so gold. I love it, man. I love that. I love all the the fifties music too that they have playing throughout this whole time like it is just good shit oh it's great because in the 80s there was this uh nostalgic love for the 50s Mm. um there's sort of a 25 to 30 year uh range that we seem to repeat all the time which is why uh everyone got so hung up on 80s culture for the last decade or so yeah that's true um Back in the 80s, they were all hung up on, like, 50s and 60s. And now, in our current society, we're getting into the 90s now. You know, all that stuff's coming back. Yeah, pretty oh. soon we're going to be wearing giant suits again. Just giant Oh, clothes. man. I cannot wait for the... <laughs> Baggy clothes. For, for the Jankos. And then, you know, so, some of us are going to get it real into swing music again. <laughs> yeah, we're going to start listening to Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Or whatever. Squirrel Nut Zippers. <laughs> Oh man, right. what a regrettable time! Oof, just but, uh, difficult. But here in Sorority Row, 1959, yeah. we hear the uh, radio explain that the uh, the Institute for the Criminally Insane has requested an APB. Jesus! But uh, the kid, the kid's not listening though. He gets out of his car. He's throwing stones at his girl's window. Classic. I know you couldn't get more classic than that. I love this. Ever, uh, I love this you ever, stuff. You ever done that, Daniel? You ever, you ever stood below somebody's window and tossed pebbles at it to wink them up? Never. Ever, never. <laughs> Have you? Uh, no, no, same. I, ne- I never found a way to do it. I found myself, incidentally, just attracted to real heavy sleepers when I was a teenager, <laughs> so it wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I definitely would do, like, the... I w- I remember going to a payphone. I used to go to this payphone down the street because my sister was my sister's two years older. So when I was ready to start talking to girls, she was like a junior, senior in high school, and so she was on the phone all the fucking time. And we only had the one line, so I'd go to the payphone, and then I would I would literally have to time out. Hey, in about twenty minutes, just go out to the back, you know, to your backyard. I'm gonna be back there, and I would sneak in and go to the backyard and then talk to my girlfriend at the time and make out with her a little bit and then before her dad would find out to get the fuck out of there because he would have shot I'll be hiding behind the trash cans you'll make out with me (laughs) you'll find me behind the trash cans I'll be right there you'll see me I'll be wearing a tin can roll across the sidewalk that's how you'll know I'm there (laughs) yeah I've never uh, I've never had to sneakily meet with someone but as a teenager I did have a couple situations where I had to sneak out of a situation yeah that's yeah that that classic stuff where like you hear a, a a door unlock and then the girl you're hanging out with is like oh crap my mom's home you're not allowed to be here like what <laughs> can you go out the window shit no i can't i'm a husky kid <laughs> yeah there's always something about like 
you know, teenage girls where they just feel like they can kind of dust off the boyfriend if it needs if they need to get the fuck out. They're like, you figure out how to get out of here. It's not my job to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of pressure, man. Yeah, and you're never ready to be in that situation. Yeah, you so, got no uh, blood in your brain at the time. So no, none. You were just like, and oh, so, uh, eh, oh. <laughs> But needless to say, young me was not uh, not the go-getter I am now. So I was like, that's too much work to date this girl. I'm not. I don't want to have to hide behind anything. That was a good move on your part. But I do love that they do the classic. He takes her out to like a cliff where they look oh, at yeah, the, the old makeout point. Love that. I wish I See, could we never experienced that in our era. Nope. You know, there isn't like a, well, obviously everyone drives to this exact same spot and like eight cars are full of kids steaming up the windows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like no. this, this weird group activity thing that our grandparents were way into. I don't, was that part of it for them? <laughs> I don't. Uh, yeah, maybe it was. It's like, oh, let's see if we can get our windows steamier than Jason's yeah. windows. <laughs> just, just knowing that you could, you know, roll the window down and high five somebody when you're done. And I guess if they have a convertible, you know, like, you're not going to get any. Like, you're just maybe going to get a kiss. But you, you, back then, you wanted to be a little more private. You know, you weren't going to. Yeah, you know, you, you played it a little cooler back then. Exactly. And uh, we get this cop who is young, like, really young looking. And he's has his flashlight. And he tells him, like, hey, uh, yeah, you better watch out. There's a there's a quote-unquote nut bar on the loose. <laughs> Well, we can't have a nut bar walking the streets. <laughs> and uh, also, he knows the girl. Because he, he's like, oh, hey, Pam. Yeah, that's so, right. So we know that they've got history. So this is a really awkward moment for our uh, our main characters, assumedly. Uh, but never mind that shit. Here comes a meteorite. <laughs> yeah, goddamn fireball. Because she's like, looking, she wonders, like, what's the brightest star? And when, he's when like, probably look- that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he goes, probably that one. And it's just this fucking whoosh goes flying over the car like a Hadouken got shot over him. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I love that shit. And uh, it looks dope as hell. And, it does. Um, and I think um, they go back because the, the guy's in his convertible. He's like, you know what? I'm going to go see if I can find it. And they're going. And they go into this road. And Pam even says, that's the name of the, the lady that's with him. And she goes, this place gives me the creeps. I was like, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> we got our title. <laughs> It's a night of that. It's a, it's a night of all that. <laughs> the boyfriend decides to head out into the woods, which is ballsy. Because, of course. I mean, it's what you do, right? Yeah, men were braver then. <laughs> yeah, not like Gus Cowart. I wouldn't have gone, would you? <laughs> no, I'd ask her to go. <laughs> I'd be like, I don't know, tell me how it looked. I would have at least made her come with me. Like, I'm not dying alone. Yeah, safety in numbers, man. we got to exactly. think with our brains. And that's when he leaves. That's when the she hears the radio again. Uh, reiterate now. Now she actually hears it. That a thirty-five-year-old escapee from a local mental institute who killed four orderlies. So this guy's ready to go, and he's got so a- all three fat boys, and then one other guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah probably didn't put up much of a fight. And uh, he's apparently carrying a large fire axe, which sounds way cooler than just saying a regular axe. Yeah, you got to specify. Yeah. You want to you spice it up for the listeners. <laughs> But uh, did did you catch where he's headed? He's headed a uh, Route sixty six toward the Corman University area. Corman University, Roger, please. <laughs> Our first uh, shout out to to horror ah, directors. Ah, you're right. Corman University. Catch that till right now. That's that's very true. And right when uh, she hears that on the radio, she switches on the headlights because it's getting a little spooky. And, whoa, shit, we're near Corbin University. Like, oh, fuck there me. happens to be a sign right there saying, there's Corbin University. 
Yeah, they're on the road and they are right next to Corbin, so she knows shit's about to go down. She, she then, um, I guess because women were just not allowed to be yelling that much back then. She at first wants to call Johnny, but it's like Johnny, <laughs> hey, hey, you, <laughs> there's a guy with an axe. <laughs> I was like, you're going to hear you. you got to really throw it out there. I don't think she really wants to save Johnny here. Yeah. <laughs> she wants to be able to say that she said something, right? <laughs> oh, no, Johnny, look out. <laughs> oh, man. And he finds that canister, so he definitely knew where the fuck it went because he found it pretty quick. Excellent tracker, this Johnny kid. <laughs> Johnny knows his shit. I mean, he has that nice, clean military haircut, so he was definitely going yeah. places. Real Johnny on the spot, this guy. Yes, sir. <laughs> but, uh, but what happens when he finds the canister, Daniel? Well, you know, it, it kind of teases him to get a little closer because it's bubbling up and it's kind of, you hear some squirmy noises. Awesome, real come-hither squirmy noises. Yeah, you know, when a guy hears a squirmy noise, he just can't help it. It's like a monster right. flame. <laughs> he gets close. <laughs> and a slug just, it just it projects. It just projectiles a slug right to his freaking mouth. Like, right down his throat. Oh, man, I hate that shit. I mean, you know, that was the one thing where I was like, ah, oh, damn it, these kind of movies always fuck with me. I don't know why, but I just don't like shit going in a, like, especially slug-type movies, which there's oh, a yeah. few out there. I mean, have you seen the loose remake of this movie? Which movie? Slither. Oh, is that, oh, that is like a loose remake. You are right. I, have I mean, some you look at everything James Gunn has done. He clearly loves this movie. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, we even got the, uh, we even got the short uh, alien guys running around when he got to Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, that's true. I love those little aliens. <laughs> but yeah, that shit was like, God damn it. I'm going to have like slugs and shit in this movie. But <laughs> yet another left turn in this movie. You're like, oh, fuck, it's a slug movie. <laughs> I thought we had an axe murderer and some some aliens. <laughs> yep, and right on cue, by the way, we got Mr. Axe Murderer just uh, hanging out. He's creeping up toward Pam, but she can't see him because she's facing the other direction trying to call Johnny. Of course. You see him just cock back that axe, getting ready to freaking take a swing on her neck, and boom, the scene cuts, and we are now, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, on Pledge Week in 1986. Boom. Absolutely. Pledge week, everybody. Ooh, I remember that week. That was crazy. See, see, I never got to experience that sort of stuff. I went to a uh, community college where they did not have fraternities. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, I went to a small college that was not, did, was not famous for any, didn't even have a football team or anything like that. So. It, was, it was in a strip mall? Yeah, it was in a strip mall. It's called University of Phoenix. It's a really good school. <laughs> <laughs> Food court was fantastic. <laughs> But I do remember when my first my first day it was Pledge Week, and it was so awesome. I really wanted to join uh, African American fraternity, but they just kept telling me no because they had all the cool like they had dope ass chants and dance. I was like, I want to do that. They're like, yeah, you you can't. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's that's not really no. <laughs> I was like, but yeah, come on. <laughs> 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 but it was dope. I did love seeing it. I almost joined one, but then they told me how much it was to get in, and I was like, "Yeah, that's not gonna happen." Wait, hold on. You had to pay your way into these? Kind of. You need to give. You have dues that you have to oh, pay, and that helps. What? To, yeah, and that pays for like all the stuff, like activities and. Shit. Man, I never considered that. See, I was I was immediately turned off by the experience, not the experience, but rather the existence of hazing and and all that shit. And so I was like, I'm not. You know, I, I can I can find friends just fine without having to put like an olive in my ass. You know, that's 
<laughs> yeah, I don't have to be hung upside down off a bridge. That's yeah, I, way more fun. Yeah, I don't need someone to throw onion rings on my dick in front of all my friends so that I can join a group. <laughs> yeah, you would have hated that then. Because the friends that wanted me to join the frat, they were like... I think that's what kind of told... I was like, um... I, these guys are fine. They're cool, but they're definitely just the kind of guys I don't necessarily want to be friends with for the next three, four years. So I don't think I'm going to do it. And the dudes are just <laughs> too much. And I was like, eh, fuck it. I'm not going to do Man, it. Man, to pay for that experience? That's wild. Like, I can be an alcoholic on my own time. <laughs> for free. Let's go to Seriously. some parties. And I love the synth. I love that now the music is like synth keyboards and drums. Like, Oh, we went from uh, 50s as fuck to 80s as fuck immediately. Like, as fuck. Holy shit. 1986. Oof. I was right in a sweet spot. Sweet, sweet. And uh, we hear a couple of friends talking, and one of them is like all sad and emo, and he's like, I'm depressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is where we meet uh, Chris and JC, and they're lamenting that they're a couple of lamoids, as they say, yeah. who never get laid. When Chris says, our grandparents bone more than us. I was just like, oh my god, that is so probably true. That's so sad. <laughs> that would bum me out, too. Well, honestly, you listen to any music from the 30s or 40s, and your grandparents were boning left and Ooh, right. Yeah. And then if they're in a retirement home, they're definitely boning. Like That's all there is to do anymore. It's like an orgy in those places. It's. I mean, that's the one thing we have to look forward to in this in this difficult life, right? Is that eventually you reach the uh, you reach the victory lap where literally all you do is bang. Yeah, man. And then like if you get an STD, you're like, man, why not? Who cares? <laughs> yeah, I was on the way out anyway. I had a good run. <laughs> and then uh, oh oh, I love the fact that so they're walking down and JC is his buddy. And he's trying to make him feel better. And then we get that classic everything slows down because you see the most beautiful girl you've ever seen moment. I love that. Oh, yeah. It's like in, in other stuff you'd expect to hear like Spandau Ballet. Yes. You know, just like, ha, 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 <laughs> While she slowly brushes her hair over her ear and looks back at you. So good. So good. and uh, Classic. And, and it's funny because then Chris is like, man, uh. I wonder who she is. And JC says, I don't know. Let me see. And he just yells from like 50 yards away. Yo, oh, girl. it was great. It was great because he's like, yeah, it's the Morton Salt Girl. How the hell should I know? Hey, toots. <laughs> and he's like, JC is like Bugs Bunny is your best friend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this guy is nothing but quips and jokes and bits. He can't help it. And uh, God damn it all. She's walking into the beta house. Oh, I know. I love it because he's like, oh, man, she's walking to the beta house. And then JC goes, oh, that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. That guy's hilarious. It's a fun dynamic. You immediately like these guys. Yeah, you got like the silly guy and then you got like a solid straight man. You know, it's just it's a perfect combination. Never goes wrong. Um, and yeah, and you're right. Like Chris just has that kind of face of like, ah, oh, it's all it's going to be OK, man. <laughs> Don't feel so bad. <laughs> And he's wearing, like, his little cheesy sweater, too. You just, oh, you can tell he really had, like, a nice mom or something. Like, Yeah, he's he's got real uh, David Ruprecht game there you go. going on. Perfect. And uh, we get a killer 80s song as the boys head into the beta house. There's a goddamn badass party happening sponsored by Pepsi. Which, uh, have you been to any of these kinds of, the party you see in every damn movie <laughs> where it's, like, shoulder to shoulder just packed in a place? Yes, uh, yeah, I have been. I have been to those I, parties. 
I've been to very few that were on that level, and uh, I don't I don't particularly care for those myself. Yeah, I was usually. So I have been to those parties, and what I would usually do is go outside and just get high, like with like a few guys, like you know, and and you know, not just guys, but like whoever was at the party that wanted to get high. And hey, we you know, you gotta get high with the boys. Get high with the boys. Bring a couple no of chicks, man. No girls allowed at this hey, party. Hey, don't you be looking at me, girl. This ain't you. This ain't for you. Get out of here. That's not what tonight's about. It's Friday night, and Friday nights are for the boys. We're sharing joints and swapping spit. Man. <laughs> You guys knew how to tear it up, Hell dude. Yeah, we wanted to keep them coming. You know, we wanted to play that game where, like, we don't like you. We don't. We're not that into you. Don't you feel special? But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, that is what I would normally do is hang out outside because I would get a sense of claustrophobia. Just too many people. The music's loud. Everyone's talking. You have to yell in everyone's ear. I'm like, um, I'm good. I'm. Is my anxiety would go crazy, like sky high. So not fun. <laughs> Understandable. Not yeah, I, I was often I found myself ending up in some kind of caretaker role almost every time at those parties. Oh, that's the worst. You know, one. I'm a, I, I'm you know, it happens. I'm I'm a real cancer, and I don't mean like the thing that kills the party. <laughs> I mean astrologically speaking, I'm a cancer. So uh, I'd always almost without fail, I'd end up talking to some some girl who'd had too much to drink, and I just had to like you know give her some water, try to help <laughs> help her get her get her head right. Take her for a little walk, let her kind of work out yeah. the sweat and kind of sober up and not. You know, before some idiot takes her upstairs, you know, yeah. like I got to I got to make sure that she's uh she's of her wits. You know, so. they should have. What I'm saying is that was super cool back in the day, <laughs> man. I was the life of that party. You remember those old, um, I think they were Budweiser commercials that real American heroes. Oh, I loved those ads. You know who sang that part? Who was that? That was the lead singer of Survivor. No shit. That's the the guy who did Eye of the Tiger. Oh my god! Of course he was him. Yeah, he's he's he has since passed on. That's why they don't do those commercials oh, anymore. Oh man, he he would rock that. Like he was like seriously seriously singing some dope ass vocals on those. Things. I always wanted to see him in the booth for that shit. You know, <laughs> just going like love them freebie weenies. <laughs> With the cans on, well, eyes closed, head back. Well, they should have made one for the unsung hero of the party that protects the women from getting raped. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the guy who shows up at the party and goes, hey, how about you switch to soda for a little while? <laughs> yeah, we can keep talking. I'm, I, I'm, I'm digging you too, but let's, let's have some water, huh? Oh my god, dude, that would have been so good. I think it, they would have never let greenlit that, but it would have been hilarious. Maybe SNL should have done it. I don't know. Yeah, that's a little dark for those commercials. A little dark, but freaking hilarious. Um, so yeah, so then uh, they go into this party. Everyone's having a good time. We see a couple of jocks. They immediately see that there's this jock with a unibrow that is um, talking <laughs> with uh, this girl that he's really into. And JC is like, you know what? I'm just going to go and find out what's going on and talk to her. So he is He, he a just break. sort of elects himself Chris's agent. Oh, yeah. He totally is. He's like the wingman of the century. I wish I could have had someone like this on my side. Like, that is amazing. This guy is fearless. I would not have <laughs> had the balls to do that. Would you? Like, She's around like these football player guys. I'm like, I ain't fucking with that. But he doesn't give a shit. He's got nothing to lose here, man. That's true. Yeah, I think that's what a big part of it. He's like, well, what the fuck are they going to do to me? Like, I don't give a shit. So he goes up. Yeah, like, like due to his disability, every bit of this party is going to treat him like he's uncool anyway. So he's not like he could lose any points here. Yep. Yeah, I think that's why he's got that, like, brave energy, man. Um, yeah, you respect it. I do. Yeah, I do respect it. But did you catch what this girl's name was? Uh, 
Cynthia? Cindy? Cynthia, yes, but specifically her last name is Cronenberg. That's right. Cindy Cronenberg. That's right. Shout out number two. Uh, David Cronenberg brought us Videodrome Scanners and the Fly. Oh, Scanners was so much fun the first time I saw that movie. And then I, I kept watching it more and more, and I'm like, I really just like that part where that guy's head explodes. <laughs> <laughs> the part everybody knows, whether they've seen the film or not. Yeah. Yeah, you spend a lot of scanners just waiting for another scanner fight. Yeah, the, it's a lot of just slow, drawn-out dialogue. And, um, I, I, I need to revisit. I haven't seen it probably in like seven years or something, but I, I, need to, I watched it a lot. I just remember watching it a lot in college. Like, There's a really good uh, Blu-ray of it that right. Criterion put out. I will look and, for uh, So all your, all your head-exploding needs... So you can watch that one scene and then the ending and then and that's it and then put it back on the shelf. <laughs> and uh, so yes, yeah, they find we find out her name is Cindy Cronenberg and uh, to get this unibrow guy out of the way, uh, JC says, "Oh, I heard there's a telephone call for you inside. What is your name again?" And he's like Steve. He's like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> so Steve leaves the scene and he starts talking to her and. She she even realizes he's like yeah, there's not really a phone call for this guy and JC's like time is limited <laughs> he like does this whole speech <laughs> he's so awesome and uh, I love it because he sends her attention out to Chris like my friend Chris wanted to meet you as soon as they look at Chris Chris freaks out turns around knocks his drink on some random guy <laughs> good lord Chris good. <laughs> act like you've been there I man. know just kind of lean on something or something. So then Cynthia says she would talk to Chris, but uh, she has a boyfriend. So then uh, Steve comes back, and he is not enthused with JC's trick. He's like, bro, you fucked with me. Screw that. Then uh, Chris comes up to JC after all this, and he's super excited. Does he say thank you to his friend? No. Nope. Because <laughs> I would have been like, dude, you're fucking awesome. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> but he's too excited. He's just really into this Cindy girl, and he's like, what did she say? What did she say? And he's like, well, um... I think he says, well, for starters, uh, what is the line? Like, she knows her name, and that's uh, pretty impressive for a sorority girl or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're off to a fly and start on this one. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and he, you know, he explains to Chris, he's like, hey, you realize there's only one way this girl's ever going to take you seriously, right? And he's nodding because he gets it, and he goes, yeah, if I belong to a frat. And JC's like, no, God damn it. <laughs> Oh, he's just clueless. I don't know why, he, but it is classic. That is what that kind of that kid that is just sort of not used to being um, the go getter. He's like, yeah, I'll just prove to her that I'm. I'll be in a frat and I'll be cool. It's like, no, just talk to her. Like that's all you yeah. got to do. But that's not what he wants to do. So, so now they're speaking to the beta leaders and the brothers of the beta fraternity, and. Uh, JC goes into this like whole spiel because he's like, well, because they're like, hey, we already kind of found all our pledges and we think we're good. But he's like, what about if we give you some money, some moolah? And he goes into this whole fucking bit because JC's <laughs> like, a, I guess, a future stand-up comedian or some shit. Absolutely. Which would be a good bit. He's like on the little sticks and I could imagine that being a thing that would work in the 80s. You know, good old cocaine 80s of comedy. It was like... Wasn't it like a huge surge in the 80s with stand-up? It was like Oh, yeah, insane. that's when you got Robin Williams and Howie Mandel and just like everybody's running around just coked out of their heads, <laughs> babbling. Don't bring up Howie Mandel. He came up in the last episode. I don't want to revisit Oh, no. Oh, God. Uh, well, I'll talk to you about it after the show. <laughs> <laughs> so 
so. <laughs> oh, man, did your guest blow up a surgical glove with his nose? <laughs> no. Thank God, no. So uh, <laughs> they decide to at least, they tell the boys, like, well, if you want to show your loyalty to us, how about you take on a challenge? And I think it's Chris that says, are we going to have to have sex with animals? <laughs> <laughs> that time you made it with a goat man i want to party with you man and uh and he's like no no he's like good idea but no it's a different kind of challenge so then the boys head out we don't know what he said for them to do yet but jc is like maybe we should just have sex with animals maybe you'd like it more and you wouldn't need cindy, cindy. <laughs> you know i like that he finds immediate solutions to problems <laughs> Yeah, JC look like, if the mechanics of it are all that matter, we can find you something. <laughs> yeah, JC just lives in this like cartoon fun world, and I want to be in it. Like I want to just be in that world because it's funny because <laughs> you got JC who's just like, "Hey, man, this is life. Like we're in the prime of our life. We're young and we're having a good time." And Chris is just that dramatic friend of yours. I don't know if maybe you were Chris when you were young, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I found myself uh, pivoting between the two. Most mm. of the time, I was depending on my mood. I was either Chris or JC. There was no third option. Like everything's either falling apart or man, life is awesome. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> I love that. And uh, that's a nice roller coaster to be on. I wish I had known you when we were young. <laughs> oh, we'd have had a time, dude. <laughs> it's so. So then the the frat boys then ask uh, the leader guy, the president, I guess, of the fraternity, who we'll get to know later in the film, if he's actually going to bring them on if they pull off this challenge. And he, of course, says, no. <laughs> Am I really going to bring these guys on? So we automatically know that this guy's going to be the dick face. Um, you know, the Johnny Lawrence of the movie, you know? Of course. And he plays it very well, by the way. I like this guy. He looks like, like I think everyone everyone in the cast really does a hell of a job with what they're given. Totally. Like they definitely fit those and and honestly, I mean all, definitely there were movies that came out before this where these like type of tropes and stereotypes were a thing, but I just think that this movie does a really good job of finding the right people to play these kind of characters. So, I had a really mm -hmm. good time. like even like the whole thing back in the beginning where he sees her he sees cindy and the moment freezes that's something that's made fun of later in like the early aughts you know um Absolutely. and this movie was one of those movies that set that fucking fun foundation of doing that so and i actually will say in high school i had that moment i remember seeing like the girl that i had a crush on for like my freshman through junior year and the first time i saw her my freshman year yeah she was walking in slow motion in the hallway as far as i'm concerned like oh man we, we've all had those moments too what, what was yours what was yours his name crystal you don't you don't have to give a full name it was crystal yeah crystal there she goes there's crystal <laughs> everything slows down she had dark mascara on like dark and eyeliner then, oh yeah it, <laughs> and, and sure as sure enough in the background it's here black 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 <laughs> black number one you're like oh man she doesn't even know i'm alive she definitely did not dude oh it's so bad <laughs> i was such a dweeb uh, oh no i can share mine though if it makes you feel yeah. better uh back in junior high uh, her name was kinga oh my god is that and a she name? was uh <laughs> it seems that way k-i-n-g-a she was uh she had just moved to the united states from poland oh wow and uh oh man i took a shine to kinga apparently she'd done a little bit of modeling Ooh, so she had that kind of yeah she had that modeling look was she like was she sort of a tall model type skinny type or was she like more curvier i know we're talking about well bear in mind this is this is junior high so um <laughs> 
So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say she looked like a junior high girl. Does <laughs> she and, have uh, that ass? Does <laughs> she have that ass, but I, she, yeah, Tell me about that ass, Bobby. <laughs> oh, welcome back to Night of the Creeps with Daniel Segura. <laughs> My bad, my bad. No, it's all good, man. It's all good. I, I was, uh, I, I will say, I was very attracted to her. You know, she, uh, she, she had the, she had a very Aryan look about her. <laughs> Not that that's what I look for, but it gives you an image of what she looked like. Yeah. But um, the the story I like to share about about her is that I taught myself remedial, uh, not remedial, sorry, rudimentary Polish to try to impress her one day. My God, you are the best. Yeah. And so, you know, she walked into class, and I was like, Jin Dable. And she's like, I don't think you said that right. <laughs> I was like, well, David's in ya. <laughs> wow, you did much more than me. I just tried to listen to Sublime because she wore a t-shirt that had Sublime on it. And I, because <laughs> I fucking hated Sublime in high school. Oh, my God, I did, too. Oh. I mean, going through high school in Southern California, you either love or hate Sublime. There is no in-between. And unfortunately, a lot of beautiful chicks back in the day love sublime so you kind of like i was like ah shit i guess i gotta learn at least one song that's not on radio because i'm gonna look like a poser <laughs> yeah learn one b-side man like go go learn garden grove be able to strum that on a guitar or something yep. and uh yeah i uh i think i would have appreciated them more but i didn't become a stoner until i was a grown man ah uh, yeah that must have been it. i was very much uh i was one of the rare kids that dare worked on <laughs> <laughs> Where I was like, no, man, I don't need drugs to have a good time. Anyway, I'm sad. Yeah, like a McGruff sticker in your room. Oh, you bet your ass. I was taking a bite out of crime every day. <laughs> but yeah, Kinga, if you're out there, I miss you. Oh, I know. No, uh, look up Kinga. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've actually, uh, I have since uh, added her on Facebook. We don't talk. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, and, you know, she seems to be doing well. She's fine. That's good. I'm happy for Kinga. And I'm sure Crystal is... You know, not doing as great as Kinga, but I'm sure she's doing okay. Crystal, if you're out there, you blew it. Yep, you lost one. Sorry, you could have had Daniel. Goddamn shame. No more. St- no, you'll what are, you'll never get to ride this stash. So, Jesus, the ride is out of order. <laughs> so then, uh, the so then after all that, then we see the. Um, what do we see after this? We we see like some nerdy dudes. Oh yeah, we see the nerdy guy, the scientist guy. He's not nerdy. He's just a scientist. I don't know if he's. Nerdy. <laughs> I don't know. I think inherently, if you've chosen a life of science, some would say you're a nerd. <laughs> Might but... be, you know. But we respect it here. Yes, on the Mustachio Podcast, we here. love our scientists here. And this is a guy that's been that plays characters like this normally. I forget his name. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I, I can't recall his name either, but he's definitely one of those that guy actors yes. where you're like, oh, I've seen that guy in a hundred things, actually, and I don't know his name. He's actually in No Holds Barred. He plays oh, wonderful. One, of, one of the executive guys that um, doesn't really matter, but uh, he is in No Holds Barred. So, now a legend of the podcast, you know. I guess he This is. guy. I guess we should learn his name for next time, y'all. <laughs> his face is going to be the new image for the podcast. <laughs> I might actually put a photo of him on Instagram. Just to honor him. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so then it uh, the, looks like the challenge was the guys need to bring a dead body uh, to the to somewhere. Yeah, they need to steal a corpse Jeez. from the science department. That's a fucked... I mean, I'm surprised Chris convinced JC to do this. I, I would have been like, nope, I'm not doing that. Goodbye. I guess I'll just yeah. find uh, another girl to talk to. Yeah, this is one of those second thought. Let's not join a fraternity. <laughs> It was like gel time, man. Like you're gonna steal a Seriously. dead body. 
I gotta run across a college campus with a corpse on my shoulder. This <laughs> is a weekend at Bernie's three. Uh-oh. But, uh, you know, they head down there to do that, and they accidentally access a top-secret room. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and it's by some crazy shit where the scientist put in the password for just for couldn't remember that last digit, so he goes and makes the call to get the da- the last digit. But JC just randomly presses zero, and that must have been the last digit because it opens up. And they're in this dark-ass lab. They do what you should do when you enter a dark room. Search for a light. They flick, <laughs> flick on the light, and it turns on not just the lights in the room. It turns on all the computers, and all, <laughs> everything just lights up. It's like one, one light for everything. <laughs> one switch, and the whole fucking lab just comes to life. <laughs> the building turned on. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but most importantly, of all the things going on here, we discover Johnny59 from our prologue. There he is. He's looking like... Is in uh, suspended animation. Yeah, it made me think of like if Mr. Freeze was gay. And he had uh, his uh, husband inside one of those things. It kind of looks like something Mr. Freeze always had, like his wife and like crinogenic oh, yeah. thing. If instead of Nora, it was like Norm. <laughs> oh, Norm! I miss you so much, Norm. It's got a little, got a little ice crystal of Norm dancing. Oh, poor Norm! He's just in a stares at it. Oh, I'm just, I'm no less sad. <laughs> oh, Mr. Freeze! He's such a sad character. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. But yeah, so they see this. And it's funny because, yeah, this was like, obviously, they're just figuring this stuff out. To us, we've seen all kinds of shit like this, you know, um, all kinds of movies, sci-fi movies that have all this stuff. And so he's like, dude, this is like a freeze-dried human, a corpsicle, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) And at this point in the film, like, first time watch, like... We've seen a couple different movies already in this movie. Oh, so you're like, I don't know, is, is Johnny going to be like a universal soldier? Is he going <laughs> to run around and start murdering people? That would have been fun. Uh, and, uh, of course, JC's like, well, we got to defrost this son of a bitch, you know? And he sees a giant red button that says disengage. So he, he hits <laughs> that button. It's that meme of the hand slapping the button. Boom. I don't <laughs> Nut. And uh, it opens that glass chamber, and the the, the good old uh, Johnny's in, and the body just falls straight forward, and they they're able to catch him. And the scientist is heading down around the same time. He's been able to get the number to get into the damn room, and the boys are dragging the body. They're dragging Johnny out, but right at that moment, Johnny like wakes up for a second and grabs, I think, JC's arm. Yeah, his arm moves and just grips somebody real quick, and they ah, and they start booking it out of there. I would have like that is terrifying as shit i mean first of all i just wouldn't have even brought that body out but yeah they, it wouldn't have gotten that far for you nah. you're not gonna slap the big red button hell no nah. and so they they take off and the scientist sees them take off and run past him i think they hit him and he knock him to the floor and so the scientist walks up to johnny's body he's like my god and then a fucking slug comes out of johnny's mouth and goes right into yep his. he just goes there you go. That is, and he um, spits in his mouth. That is how it works in this movie. We're going to get a lot of uh, slug trans- transferring, you know? Just yeah, it's getting real sexy in this movie. Real sexy. This is an erotic thriller. I don't know. Speaking of real sexy, you know what's next? Um, uh, what, they go into their dorm room together? <laughs> the greatest character introduction in film history. Oh, is that right after this? Yeah. I love that. We go from uh, we go from Johnny 59 spitting in a nerd's mouth to Tom Atkins on the beach. Oh, man. This dude is just on the next In level. his ice cream suit. 
<laughs> yeah, he's wearing like a full beach suit, which I don't know where. I guess you get Tommy Bahama, maybe. I don't know where you get these. They're like breathable suits, so you could still look formal but not be sweating your balls off on the beach. It's kind of the perfect outfit, honestly. It's all I'm going to be wearing in my later years. <laughs> it looks nice. I'm, be, I'm going exactly Tom Atkins when I'm older. Oh, I love it. Going to have the mustache and the, and the the salt and pepper hair and a white suit and a, a coconut with my drink in it. Oh, it's going to be nice, man. You're going to have some skinny 80s chick with a, in a bikini bringing that to you? You better believe it. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely amazing. This guy, at first I was like, this guy's living the life. This must be like the the badass of the movie <laughs> this guy must be the king or yeah, something i don't know it's kind of important maybe he owns the university i don't know and uh oh god if he's the dean oh that would have been so fun <laughs> just walking around like fantasy island that would be so fun uh he just wears like a captain's uniform for no reason oh dude dean montalban <laughs> that'd be amazing <laughs> so uh he sees this woman in the beach and he's kind of trying to get focus in on her and it turns. She's out in the water, yeah. and she's in a gold dress, staring at him, just eyeballing him. And it looks like Pam, the the woman that we saw, get axed to death in her car. Prologue Pam. Prologue Pam. And uh, then all of a sudden, it cuts to all of a sudden. Tom is in a cop uniform, and he has got a he's got like a shotgun in his hands. And, he's, and we're realizing that he was the cop who responded to those axe murders back in '59. Yeah, and it's confusing at first because it's it's tom now so he's like not young and you're like wait a minute but then as you start connecting the dots yeah he arrived on the scene and it's almost a premonition type as we'll see as the movie goes on but he sees the x-man but it's like a zombified gross version of him and he wakes up in this like fever dream and then we're like oh uh, yeah that makes more sense he's just a sweaty cop <laughs> a sweaty yeah. detective in his cheap house Falling asleep in his in his recliner, full of whiskey. So, uh, uh, like I said, this is how I'm gonna be when I'm older. <laughs> Just passed out, drunk in my chair, <laughs> imagining I'm in a white suit on the beach. Oh, if you can dream, and you're and you get mad that someone woke you up, woke you up from it because you're like, ah, oh, things are going good for a moment. Like, like how dare you? <laughs> And he gets a call for the precinct, and uh, this. Uh, and this is the first time we get his catchphrase in this so film. So good. Because every time somebody starts a conversation with him, he he answers the phone by going, Thrill me. <laughs> Thrill me. It's almost like uh, RoboCop's... Uh, what is it? Robo RoboCop says, um, is it drop it? or? Dro That's one of them. Drop it. Drop it. Uh, it, it just reminds me of that. But it's also a good bit because it looks like Tom is really into... Oh, by the way, his name is Detective Cameron. It looks like... Mm -hmm. well, I'm just going to call him Tom. As in James Cameron. There you go. My God, they really did work him in here like a bitch. It's it's sort of become a, a a meme or a cliche for first-time filmmakers to to put in their scripts these kinds of homages. We saw that uh, over on the grind bin. We talked about that on uh, the Slumber Party Massacre 2 had two cops show up named uh, Officer Voorhees and Officer Kruger. That's right. Oh, that is so on the nose. Jesus. If I ever make a mo but yeah. movie, I'm just going to name people off Mortal Kombat characters and be like, why is that guy's Officer Scorpion? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love that idea. That's great. Uh, Principal Ermac, can you tell us what happened? Principal Ermac. So, uh, uh, my name is Cynthia Sector. <laughs> I'm Sandy Cyrax. How's it going? So... 
Hi, Jeff Shalcott. How you doing? <laughs> well, I really love this bit that he has where he just he's like really into pop culture at the time and they're like, Detective Cameron and always they're like, Detective Cameron? And he's like, No, it's Bozo the Cloud. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and they're like, shit, wrong number. I know, right? And uh, they send Tom out to the university to investigate this crazy-ass shit that happened over there, obviously. And he walks in, and um, <laughs> the first thing a cop says is, Detective Cameron? He's like, no, Bullwinkle the Moose. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, immediately, you love this oh, guy. Oh, yeah, dude. He's the best. He comes in just hollering and yelling and shit. He's just not having it from anybody. So good. So good. And uh, what we realize when we get here is that that lab tech is laying there dead, but Johnny 59's not here anymore. That's right. He disappeared. He disappeared out of nowhere. And unfortunately, it's because he finds out that they sent the sergeant desk guy or whatever. I forget what his title is, but he's the one that's in charge of sending the cops out to different scenes. He decided to send two rookies at a murder scene that probably they just were not qualified to be able to take it in charge of and handle. They decided to both go to the bathroom at the same time, and when they got back, 1957 Johnny was gone. <laughs> oh, God. And the, the officer who's filling this in for him is Officer Ramey. Oh, of course. As in Sam. Mm-hmm. Sam Ramey. But, uh, Who would have thought? But, you know, and he argues with officers. It's either Sam or Ted. <laughs> uh, but uh, he says, you know, corpses that have been dead for 27 years, they'll just get up and walk around by themselves. And we cut immediately to Johnny 59 getting up and walking around by himself. <laughs> I love that shit. He's all his little rotten-ass feet just kind of walking along the road. And then we see uh, the frat president drops off Cindy. Yeah. The Bradster. The Bradster. Is, yeah, that's how, we, that's actually how I learned his name. They may have said it prior, but when I saw his uh, Bradster on his car, I was like, I guess it's... License yeah, plate. Yeah, he is definitely Brad. You got to get a Danster license plate. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and uh he drops her off and he's like i got some serious hazing to do so <laughs> i'm gonna have to leave you a little early if you don't mind so he drops her off he takes off he's definitely gonna be the douchebag of the movie and um and then after this happens i guess um it looks like uh, uh johnny's kind of heading his way to the sorority house and we see her, we see uh, Cindy walk into the house, and we see one of her girls who has a giant, giant bags of jars of human brains. That's pretty wild. Like, where's this movie? <laughs> what? One of the sorority sisters is keeping jars of human brains in the basement. Goddamn serial killer, dude. Yeah. I hate to see the pledge. I know. It's crazy like, enough. And I guess it's for a project or some bullshit. And then Cindy's like, "Just I don't want to see it, so just take it to the basement. So she takes it down to the basement. I don't know what's going on there. But then uh, Cindy gets comfortable in her dorm room. Uh, we get the, um, you know, every one of these 80s movies has to have some chick in her underwear at some point, And this is one of those of moments. This is no exception. No exception. Then uh, we see another girl. Um, she's wearing glasses, so we know she's smart. And uh, of course. she's studying. There's a little tip tap on the door. By the way, is that is, do cats do that? Do they can they can you teach them to kind of hit a door? Like, hey, let me in. I'm not a cat guy. Um, I'm sure. I, I'm sure you could. I don't know. I've never. Tr I've never tried. Honestly, I've I've uh, co-inhabited with uh, a cat only twice in my life, and they were douchebags. <laughs> so uh, I couldn't have trained them to do anything. So, so you've had two cats in your life, and they just both were not sweet. 
animals. Oh, not at all. Not at all. Like <laughs> they were they were ornery. How were cats a like that's the one thing I always wonder about. Like that's one thing I I'm not a I'm definitely, I don't know, sometimes I feel like I was supposed to be a cat guy, but I just become a dog person over that just happened to have dogs. And one thing I do like about dogs is the fact that they just go to sleep when you go to sleep and they don't walk around and creep you the fuck out. I feel like cats walk around at night a lot. Oh, that's when their their shift is beginning, when you decide to go to sleep. Jesus, it just creeps me out. I don't want to go. So um, when I was dating like, I don't know, like a year and a half ago or something, and I went over to this this chick's house i stayed the night i had to go bad i I must have had like freaking 12 beers at night and i had to take a hard piss and i forgot she had a i honestly forgot where the fuck i was like i woke up i was like i don't even know the layout of this house did she show me the bathroom (laughs) i wake it up and i'm looking for the door i open the door i see that the bathroom is just across the hall uh i open that before i'm about to turn the light on i get a Oh man! I forgot. And Ted Nugent was there. <laughs> yeah, I got that cat scratch fever that night, man. It, <laughs> but it scared the shit out of me. And she woke up. She's like, "Is everything okay?" I was like, "Yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. I just forgot that your cat was here. Holy shit!" <laughs> so <laughs> I was just curious because I feel like, man, I can't handle that. Like all this nighttime walking around. That's not good for me. It freak me out. <laughs> anyway, so it, it turns out that she opens the door. We think it's going to be uh, Johnny about to eat her brains out. But no, it's just her cat who fucking, for some reason, meows like it's in a cave. It echoes. And then it jumps straight at her face. And then she's like, oh, look, it's you. It's my little buddy. She just comes at her heart, I guess. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's just her cat. It's a good little fake out there. One of those classic indoor-outdoor cats, you know. Of course. Uh, Cindy puts on a nightgown in the most confusing way to me. Um, just looked weird. Well, how do you do it? I normally just try to like smooth. I could throw it up in the air and just lift my arms up and let it just rest. Oh, and just let it kind of fall yes. over you like a like a fresh like fresh snow falling on the roof of a house. Yes. She looked like <laughs> she was like all bending in weird ways and shit. She had to like tame it first. <laughs> So she hears something in her window, so she goes toward it. It sounds a lot like in the beginning where Johnny was kind of throwing little pebbles. Yeah. And uh, she's looking around. No, not in that window. So she goes to another window. Nothing there. But then all of a sudden, Johnny says hi. Fuck. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And uh... <laughs> terrified. <laughs> it's one of the first significant like jumps of the movie. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it definitely was. It was I was caught off guard. It's like, holy shit. And he looks more rotten than he did before, like, real quick. So, yeah. yeah. he's been dead for three decades. Yeah, he rotted up fast. It just took, like, a short five-minute walk, and bada-bing, bada-boom, he, like, had evil dead face. And uh, his uh, forehead turns into a vagina, and a bunch of slugs just fucking shoot out of him. It's crazy. Yeah, they, they return to that effect a lot in this movie, the head splitting open for the slug to escape. Yeah, it's, um... It's effective. I'll give them that. It's fucking crazy. I was like, holy shit. And the slugs, but the slug work, I don't know. Like, I'm no professional in practical effects, but the slug work in this movie is on point. It makes you just gross. If you're looking for slug work, you need to watch Night of the Creeps. We're telling you that right now. (laughs) You're slug work enthusiast. (laughs) 
<laughs> so yeah, so uh, it's it's fucked up because we see all these freaking slugs come out of them, and they just spread out real quick all around the sorority house. So we're like, oh shit, like who knows what's gonna happen now? And then uh, so the cops are now looking, and they see that this is the corpse of Johnny, uh, and they realize that that's the body from the labs. They're like, what the fuck? And his head is like split open, so we don't know what happened there. And so Tom walks toward the back of the sorority house and he sees a couple of college kids and one of them's like consoling one of the sorority girls and he's like what is this supposed to be he's looking toward the back and he's like yeah that's the mother's cottage i believe the house mother's cottage which yeah. i guess is what I, the, I think that's a typical thing is that like the person that manages the sorority house and so she gets her own little place in the back i guess yeah i don't think i don't think she'd want to uh stay in there to hang out in the sorority <laughs> with all these kids <laughs> yeah that, that's gotta be horrible uh so then uh tom gets this weird flashback where all of a sudden we see someone digging a, a grave and then covering a body in plastic and i was kind of confused it's quick too it's like a three second quick little flashback or at least i think it's a flashback i didn't know what it was at the time but i was figuring it but then his uh fellow detective comes up and he's like hey uh snap out of it motherfucker <laughs> yeah Got work to do. <laughs> and Tom's like, you think uh, that could have been an axe that did that to his head? And his partner's like, Mitch, you think that this axe guy came all the way back? <laughs> He's like, you're living in the past, man. You need to move on. <laughs> so, yeah. I was, I, so that's when you realize, like, oh, shit. This detective, good old Tom, has been haunted by this one murder for all these it years. It kind of ruined yeah, it. Yeah, it looks like it broke him. Like, damn. Um and he definitely plays that part very well. Like, you could tell he's just fucked up. And then we see Chris and JC, and they're having one of their best bud conversations. As they, uh, it's the next day, I think, and they run into the, mm -hmm. the beta boys. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Brad says, uh, not cool, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent delivery. Yeah, they are pissed off because they sent that dead. <laughs> they, they think that they sent that dead corpse to the sorority house. <laughs> And they're like, whoa, 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 that wasn't even us. It's <laughs> fucking hilarious. Uh, they must have thought, like, Dad, that was a baller-ass move. They just took this dead body and split its head open in front of all these girls. Like, that's fucked up. And then just left it in front of the one sorority on this <laughs> college. So rough. And so then uh, it's funny because he, while Brad is explaining all this, he's giving, like, the full names of all these, the sorority and the fraternity. And he's like, eh, hey, it's all Greek to me. <laughs> <laughs> that was very funny it's an easy joke but it was satisfying exactly. and uh jc gets fired up he talks some like mad shit to brad i'm not sure if you have what he says to him but it's like he just basically this basically steps up and makes him look like an idiot and then uh, yeah. brad turns around and kicks his arm cane like a real asshole and jc falls down and Cindy does not like that. What what does Cindy do, Poppy? Cynthia uh, flips him off in the classic uh, wind-up pose. Oh, it's classic. Yeah, she does the old uh, turns the imaginary crank to l let her finger rise up, and she does this to thunderous applause <laughs> from everyone around her. <laughs> what? Like, damn, got his ass. That had me cracking up. I'm like, do that many people not like Brad that people just wait for someone to step up and tell him what the fuck is up it was so funny like, <laughs> to see this just to see someone get flipped the bird and need to celebrate oh, so good that should make me laugh and uh so then, yeah so cynthia says hey i'm sorry and uh chris says like hey you know it wasn't you that did that and, and he even says like hey we 
we didn't do it by the way like we didn't put that dead body uh, at the sorority but then right when they're about to get acquainted detective landis who's the guy that was talking to tom earlier absolutely as in john landis from american werewolf in there London. you go <laughs> I love this. <laughs> Yo, John Landis, who also killed a guy <laughs> when he filmed the Twilight Zone movie right. and dropped a helicopter on his lead actor. I mean, I guess you could blame the helicopter. I mean... No. <laughs> <laughs> no, because the helicopter pilot's like, hey, I don't think we should go that low. And he's like, fuck it, do it. And then and then that oh, happened. Oh, that is rough. Yeah. That is rough. Also, his son sucks. Ah. <sighs> Max Landis. You know, it, well, uh, go ahead and Google Max Landis. You'll learn everything you need to know about that guy. It trickles down, you know. It trickles down. <laughs> the, whole, the whole tree went bad. Yeah, I definitely had a couple of friends growing up that were like not close friends, but they had like a par- a birthday party or something, and you meet their dad, and you're like, "Yep, I see, <laughs> I get it now." <laughs> and um, so, yeah, they take him over to the precinct for the, in the interrogation room. And we're introduced to a, a pretty fun little character. He's the the custodian, <laughs> the night, yeah, the night janitor, Mister Miner, <laughs> which I uh, assume is based on Steve Miner, who uh, is related to the Friday the Thirteenth series. Ooh. Yeah, I like. I, well, I, this guy definitely paid honored him <laughs> with his like three lines that is basically the same line, and uh, there, you know. They're, the the cops are pissed. They're like, yo, man, what's going on here? This guy saw y'all running out of the freaking the, the building, out of the lab, yelling, screaming like banshees. They really go off with the screaming like yeah. banshees line. Yeah. Uh, this is also the first time we have uh, Atkins refer to the boys as Spanky and Alfalfa. That's right. That's the way he sort of brings them up. <laughs> it's, that's the thing about him. He's always like coming up with some kind of like popular... Outdated pop yeah. culture reference. It's to make us remember, like, the time that he was from or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's that he's stuck in 59 because of what happened. Yep. And, uh, they, and he, Tom immediately knows. He's like, this sounds like some kind of pledge prank that y'all were trying to pull. And JC says, look, we're not the fraternity types. We're, we, And he actually says, I'd rather have my brains invaded by creatures from space than pledge to a fraternity. Of course. <laughs> and then might as well have looked right at the camera. I know. I would have loved that. He just winks. And, uh, and, but then Chris just gives it up. He's like, look, we did it, but we did not take that corpse over to them, blah, blah, blah. He gives them the whole thing of what happened. And, uh, they do mention that the body twitched or something happened. Like it freaked out and, and they ran after that. And that's when they heard them. And then the custodian just keeps laughing at Tom's little line of screaming like banshees for some reason. <laughs> that gets like <laughs> the funniest shit he's ever heard. I don't know. But then uh, we're down in the coroner's lab, and the scientist from earlier, his body starts moving around, and he gets up. He walks down the hallway <laughs> naked. <laughs> just another Wednesday. <laughs> and, uh, if you've ever heard of anyone say you're just going through the motions, well, that's what this officer was doing, because he passes right by, past an officer, and all he says is, uh, yeah, see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> holy shit uh that's actually the first occurrence of that but there's going to be a second time where this happens where it's like how did you not notice uh that this is happening so we're back with uh the janitor and uh he's uh still laughing at the hooting and hollering about the screaming like banshees line then he runs can't get over <laughs> he it. just can't he's like oh screaming at banshees so funny 
And he runs into the scientist, and well, he screams like a banshee, so it all comes full circle. <laughs> kind of love that kind of symbolism. And then we see more slugs are running around the campus having a good jolly time. They're probably sipping on alcohol that had been spilt and they're just all fucking high and drunk and shit. Oh, it's pledge week for the slugs. Yeah, they're like, hey, come on. We got to spread our numbers. We got to do this. And um, King Frat music starts playing. <laughs> yeah, I want to get the slug cut of this. Like, what were the slugs doing? Like, you know, getting all <laughs> fucked up. And uh, we, see, uh, we see a phone call comes in for Cindy. And our, our Cynthia and we hear Brad say, uh, "Hey, babe, it's the Bradster." <laughs> God damn it! I hate this guy. He's the best. And they get into a fight. He's like, "Oh, you're still bummed about those dweebs? Like, oh, come on, you know, like get over it. It's okay." But she's not having it. She fucking hangs up on his ass. And we get uh, the smart girl again studying in this exact same room. Uh, this is the second time we'll have this experience. She goes toward the door. And uh, it's the cat, of course, but... uh, Oh, man, it's the cat whose name is Gordon, by the way, named after Stuart Gordon. Oh, shit. Who brought us Reanimator and From Beyond. Holy shit, man. Well, they they did this. They did a good job with this, because this cat actually looks dope as fuck as a zombie. This weird zombie <laughs> face? Yeah, I thought they did a good job of it looking all zombified. Yeah, I love their work on undead animals in this movie. Yeah, they put that work in. They found a way to make it look... Uh, pretty realistic um and badass and then we're back with tom who's going through his old yearbook he's just reminiscing of the good old days all drunk and shit <laughs> feeling like crap you know like you do yeah and he gets a call and uh they're back at the lab and they see another dead body and it's a yeah just doesn't stop just doesn't stop there's definitely something going on in this freaking school and uh tom is on the case <laughs> So he's like, eh, four, four more, four or five more will die, but I'll catch this motherfucker. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're back with Chris and JC, and JC's doing that uh, annoying shit where someone's like listening to music, but you can't hear it because it's on their headphones and they're kind of singing it, but it's not really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's hitting his sticks and shit. He's like, ah, now I know why I'm. I'm kind of glad I didn't do the dorm. Like, you know, living with someone in a dorm thing in college. That would not have been good for me. Oh, I can't imagine. I'd have lost my mind. God. So uh, I love this part, by the way, because Cynthia comes over to the door and knocks on the door, and (laughs) Chris answers it. He's hello. (laughs) (laughs) He plays that. Are you the key master? (laughs) He plays that character so well, man. He just has that face of like nice guy, you know. Can't shake it. And. yeah, so Cynthia wants to talk. She's like, can we just go and have a walk and talk? Yeah. Can we talk about this movie so far? Yeah, she's like, I just want to give you an update on what's been going on on my end. <laughs> so, so you know. <laughs> just so we're clear on where the movie's at for everyone. <laughs> and, yeah, she talks about that, not only the fact that this, like, zombie cat came through and, like, freaked out her friend and shit, but that she actually says, like, um, yo, this body that came from that lab, it stood up and it came toward me. Like, this thing was a zombie. It was alive. And everyone's like, what the fuck? And then JC, um, oh, so then she's like freaking out. So then Chris kind of comforts her and he does that kind of thing where he's celebrating and quiet because she's not seeing him. <laughs> he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, classic. <laughs> JC walks away because he's a good wingman and he knows when to step off and let his friend kind of carry it from there. And it's funny because he's like, JC's walking away. He's like, go for it, partner. She's misplaced her marble collection, but go for it. (laughs) (laughs) 
And yes, yeah, so then uh, Cindy, uh, she feels like uh, this is definitely a zombie thing in that their heads are exploding and, and slugs are spilling out of their heads. And Chris gives pretty much the reaction that I think a lot of people would give, which is, you know, okay, <laughs> maybe I should walk you home. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's a little crazy. It's a little crazy. But, I mean, he barely knows her as well. But this is his dream girl. Like, you're going to accept a little bit of the weirdness, you know. You have to, right? Oh, totally. Like, back in, I tell you, back in junior high, if Kinga was trying to sell me this story... I'd be like, yeah, probably. Let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like you would have already been going into the lore of zombies and kind of digging into the library and highlighting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So uh, so it's good shit. It's good shit because he's kind of rolling with the punches. He's like, let's go. Let's take you home. And then we see uh, ah, J- ah, JC had to take a shit. Never take a shit in a horror movie. It's just not good. Not good news. Uh, he's in there. He's going poo-poo. But he's in there. He's writing on the walls. And uh, I had to make a note of one thing that was written very prominently on the inside of this stall was Striper Rules. Oh, my God. And uh, you, we're, we're both music fans, Daniel. Are you familiar with Striper? Yes, I, I'm familiar with Striper, yes. <laughs> uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Striper is a Christian heavy metal band from the 80s. Uh based out of uh, here in Southern California, as I record this, here in Orange County. Uh, they've done, uh, I want to say, like 12 albums since uh, since the 80s. Their biggest one was called To Hell With The Devil. Uh, they also have albums called God Damn Evil. And uh, most recently, Even The Devil Believes. They... Uh... <laughs> And uh, they were pretty big at the time. They kind of broke uh, mainstream. They kind of broke secular, despite being a Christian band. And they made the news in the last few years because uh, a rumor got started that Ted Cruz, the the Texas uh, politician, yeah. and uh, well. and crony to Donald Trump, uh, looks strikingly like the lead singer of Striper. Enough so that the rumor started that he was the lead singer of Striper. <laughs> so I, I mean, I gotta say, if I was Ted Cruz, I'd rather be thought of as the singer to, to striper than the fucking um what is it the zodiac killer the son of the zodiac killer <laughs> seems like a better bet oh but yeah Stri- striper rules daniel oh. to hell with the oh, devil yeah 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 it's good shit good shit i mean i will say the one i've never listened to any christian metal but the one band that it was definitely christians in a metal band i don't know if you would consider them a christian band but was norma jean i remember loving norma jean when high school oh, yeah. you know that time period and it was like well, this is dope i mean he's like saying some shit i don't know but <laughs> i don't know about some of the concepts he's presenting but like the sounds good uh yeah it happens a lot you know i think arguably one of the most uh mainstream successful christian bands was probably pod oh yeah yeah pod back in the new metal movement yeah, that's a good shit uh my dad once uh, in one of his many attempts to get through to his atheist son uh, took me to a uh a christian rock festival oh no why would he no just one of those one of those all-day affairs you know, or you're like on a campground, just, you know, like they do, you know, with Ozfest and, you know, 
and all those other uh, festival shows. But everybody was a Christian band, so I got to see a I got to see POD once the sun went down and a bunch of other similar acts. Oh no! Like yeah, man, he was trying to like really bridge the gap. So the the most effort I had was I had someone give me a skater magazine. But then as I read it, I realized it was not a skater magazine. It was like the Bible, but with skaters <laughs> telling the stories and like showing their tricks as well in between. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Here, I'm going to do a Christ there real quick and then tell you why I call it that. <laughs> Welcome to Tony Hawk's Pro Savior. Pro Savior. <laughs> that's what it should have been called. But uh, I was like, that's awesome. I was like, oh, this is dope. And I started opening. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so confused. It was trickery. Oh, got your yeah, ass, man. Uh, but then after I went to church a couple of times, I dropped. Just kidding. <laughs> I became like a full blown Christian. So that's when I found Jesus. <laughs> oh, I got the hook in you. <laughs> no, no, no. Never quite worked. Like bullets to Superman. It was always a ding, ding, ding from all those tries. Even that one that went all slow mo against your eyeball, yeah. like in the. Uh... <laughs> like in the Brian Singer <laughs> one. Brian Singer. Oh, God. Right? <laughs> For a number of reasons. So then, uh, yeah, so poor JC's in there, and uh, we hear a door. We see the zombie custodian actually just after he goes in. We see him kind of working his way toward the door. And yeah, we hear the door open, and then we hear a. <laughs> what only could be an opening of a crevice of skin. <laughs> yep. And then. A- Unmistakable. <laughs> I would, I would imagine, and then a bunch of sounds of squirminess, which is probably the slugs, and then a just a thud of the body hitting yep. the ground. And he's watching these slugs just run back and forth across the floor, and uh, he doesn't know what to do. He's trapped. Oh, it's rough. It's rough. And he he takes a matchbook that he'd brought in there with him, you know, because he's shitting. Yeah. And uh, and he he burns one of the slugs as it runs by with that with the lit matchbook, and he realizes they're highly combustible. Yeah, yeah, it was like just touching the flame killed that slug. Bada bing, bada boom. But unfortunately, um, he didn't have enough matches to, to kill all of them, and one just zips and, zoops up his pants. Yep, and he tries to uh, to belly crawl out of there because, as we've established earlier, he cannot use his legs, and uh, he just can't get out of there. And the last thing we see is a slug diving right for his face. Yeah, it's rough, man. I I. There's, I can think of a bunch of characters that would have rather died than JC. Uh, but, you know, this is the thing I was talking about earlier. They make you like this character, so you care when yeah, he dies. Yeah, it's true. I, I was bummed out. I was like, oh, man. It's like when we were kids and Jamie uh, Jamie Kennedy died in Scream oh, 2. Everyone was like, no! No, not Jamie Kennedy! And then, you know, you, you get a little older, Jamie Kennedy's still around. You're like, I'm fine with it. <laughs> then you go watch it so you can watch Jamie Kennedy die. You're like, yeah, get his ass. <laughs> So, uh, so, we're, uh, so after that, then he, it's unfortunate, you know, that happens. And we see Cindy and Chris at the sorority house and she asks Chris if, uh, if he can go with her to like a formal event that they're having where they, it's like, it's special, man. Like, this is pretty awesome. He was even like, really? <laughs> Me? Aren't you going to take bread? No fooling. No fooling? And, uh, yeah, she's like, no, for real, I want you to come with me. And she's like, no more weird stuff. Like. It's like her saying, like, I won't talk about zombies anymore. Weird you out. I promise. I promise. And, uh, yeah, it works out. Chris walks away, and he runs into Tom, and Tom gives maybe one of the best lines in the movie. 
Oh, t- did you write it down? I do. <laughs> You're welcome I to did, say yeah. it. Yeah, Tom just goes, zombies, exploding heads, creepy crawlies, and a date to the floorball. <laughs> then he goes, this is classic Spanky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, and then, uh, so then this is where uh, Tom and Chris have a little heart to heart. Uh, it's, it's nice. nice. It is a, it is, it's honestly one of the creepiest scenes and there's really, it's just Tom acting really well. Yeah. He pours Chris a drink and he sits him down and he's telling him, Hey, you know, I had a high school sweetheart too. And I blew it up yep. and he, he, he basically recounts the prologue. Yeah. But then, uh, we get a little more of what happened from that prologue. He says, you know, I found her in the car and I found her in the road and I found her in the God. woods. And that he apparently he tracked down that axe murderer and he killed him with a shotgun and then buried him where that sorority is now. Yep, right underneath the um, I forget what the fuck you call that lady, but the the the, the house, house mother. mother. There you go. It's such a stupid like traditional bullshit name, but yeah, the house mother. <laughs> and and then Chris even says, "I'm confused. Like, I, other than you confessing this fucking murder that you probably never told anyone about, <laughs> why are you telling me this?" and yeah, is there a point to this story? He's like, that's what I'm hoping yeah, to find. I like, I like it because he's <laughs> gets all yeah, serious. What the fuck? He's speaking so serious, but he goes, "Spanky." <laughs> <laughs> that's what makes it so good. Oh, Tom. I know. And we're at the the mother's den <laughs> at the cottage, and we see her hanging out watching a movie. What is this movie that's on there? Do you even know? I don't. I, I couldn't pinpoint exactly what it was. You know, I didn't check. I didn't check what movie they were watching. I feel bad now. It looks fun. <laughs> that, uh, I'm sure it's one that I've seen, but I, I didn't. I didn't catch yeah, what she was I'll looking at. I'll need to look into that because I, I kind of want to check it out. I, I definitely have not seen it, so I was like, oh, I want to go back and ch- see if I can find that. It's probably free on YouTube somewhere. At the undoubtedly, and, um, we're hearing random banging noises, and she's just kind of trying to doze off for the night. And it sounds like something's coming through right on point like right when it's almost like tom created him or something he willed it into existence existence. because all of a sudden yeah bench banging the dog is like oh shit what's going on he starts sniffing the area and then all of a sudden an axe pops through some real heavy shit is about to to go down but the the lady is just sitting there making a puzzled face she's like i guess she's just in complete shock she was probably like, is this real? Am I dreaming? What's going on? But no, it's happening. The axe man works his way up to her. And uh, we get a good shot of her getting her face axed open, which was pretty dope. I give that. Oh. Yeah, that was rough. That was a good Holy one. Shit. And he looks dope. You only get little glimpses of him here, but man, it looks awesome. Like, holy shit. Zombie axe man. Fuck yes. <laughs> and uh, then Tom gets the call right at the uh, right around that time and it's funny he's driving and he's hauling ass uh to get to the scene and he's like where are my backups i need my backups also like fucking five cops pull through like fucking i was like holy shit this is like tokyo drift it was insane <laughs> he's like never mind <laughs> they're here and uh and you know what i love was that they had one of the patrolmen say oh the dog uh ran out of the house as soon as we opened the door i'm like oh they let us know that the dog lived <laughs> <laughs> at least temporarily <laughs> so i felt good about that and the coroner makes like do you have he have here what the coroner says when he runs into tom <laughs> oh what he did says some say? fucking asshole comment like he's like if we used a different stretcher for every piece we'd be here all night 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. Such a dick. Oh my god. And uh so yeah, poor poor grandma lady. She's she's done for and and yeah, so then uh they uh I think Tom actually tells some of the patrol guys when he first gets there, like, Hey, go and go see if you can find uh find anyone down the road, look around the neighborhood and so these guys are looking around, looking to see if they see any anyone suspicious, and they're pretty much ready to give up. Like they haven't found shit. And right around that time, what happens, Bobby? <laughs> well, it just happens we run into the zombie in a corner, a skeleton person. <laughs> yeah, just out there in the Holy open, shit. and they they manage to corner this guy in an alleyway. That's right. And uh, Tom rolls up. He's like, "You son of a bitch! I already killed you." <laughs> And uh, he just blasts his head off his shoulders with that trusty shotgun. I fucking love how um, when uh, after he tells that to the Axeman and the Axeman turns around and it's just, everyone, it's just a decayed skull, but there's just enough like flesh on the skin for it to kind of smirk. <laughs> it's like, that's awesome. that <laughs> <laughs> They put all that work in just to have that thing smirk and then explode his head. It's like, oh, I love the movies. And, uh, and yeah, so they knock him out, a bunch of slugs come through, and they all just kind of quickly pass the cops. So they're definitely gravitating towards somewhere, as we'll learn a little mm-hmm. bit more. And it's a, it's a really cool scene. I really love that scene in the alleyway. And, uh, and then after that, let's see. And so then now it's, what, the next day. and Yeah, and everybody's getting ready for the big yep. dance, even the slugs. <laughs> Put on their little... They, they all got their little corsages <laughs> on, their... Just dressed to the nines, these slugs. They're ready. Oh, my God. And, uh, and Chris, who, by the way, I we haven't talked about this yet, but both of those guys, Chris and JC, are also named for horror directors. Oh, they are? Chris's full name is Chris Romero. For That's George right. Romero of Night of the Living Dead fame. And JC stands for John Carpenter. Uh, his last name is Hooper for Toby Hooper of the Texas Chainsaw Wow, Massacre. they really worked as many in as they could. They worked it in so hard they had to change a They're few like, of them. <laughs> like we're just gonna call him JC and we're never gonna mention this guy's Let's last name. Give this guy two of them and we just we'll just call him JC. Fuck it. And um, <laughs> see, and I, this whole time I thought it was for Jesus Christ. We want him. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's why he died halfway through, so that they could live. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but we get a, a tape recording oh, of that yeah. JC this made. This is actually kind of a heartfelt kind of scene, man. Like, yeah. It legit made me sad. Uh, the biggest part, of course, is you know, as he he's basically he feels himself changing. He's the only character we've seen, um, like slowly go through a change where he still has his he wits like about him. Yeah, he kind of knows what's up. And he's telling him, he's like, "I walked, Chris. I walked on my own." Yeah, you know, and he rough. and he, he's basically letting him know, like, "I'm done for, man. I won't be around to help you." But good luck with Cynthia. Yeah. And then at the end of the tape recording, you hear him change completely. He starts growling like yeah, a zombie. It's it's sad, man. And then I guess hit stop on the tape recorder. <laughs> just in time. <laughs> just <laughs> ah, <laughs> click. Uh, and then dropped it off. So, <laughs> I don't know. Hey, JC is always going to be the greatest best friend of all time. Honestly, like the ultimate wingman. He even gave guy. him the way to kill them. Like he's like, fire kills them. <laughs> I don't know why I'm making him yeah. sound like that. <laughs> well, caveman lawyer showed up. Uh, and so, and JC mentions in that tape that he's in the boiler room, so uh, that's where he was heading. So then, uh, Chris heads down right away. He finds JC's body. It's just a corpse now. 
and a uh, there's sort of a steaming puddle next to his head, which is not established anywhere else or explained. Yeah, <laughs> like what this uh this foaming puddle of steam is. That's supposed to be the slugs melted because he's in the boiler room and it was so hot they couldn't get away. Okay, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it's, uh, it's supposed to be that. Here's how you can kill them without them ever getting out and hurting anyone else and infecting them. So like, JC's like the ultimate fucking awesome dude in this whole movie <laughs> solve the whole Not thing a a and then laid it all out right before <laughs> he died <laughs> he's awesome so then we see the bradster he's all bummed he oh man drinking his sorrows away man <laughs> i love it because he's like he throws the of course because this is what this kind of guy does he throws his beers like bitch <laughs> <laughs> right like we do at the end of every <laughs> podcast and uh we suddenly see one of the slugs go like right in between his legs, and he's like, "Holy shit!" And he starts looking for it, and then we see that little cute dog from the the lady's house, and oh yeah, L- little Gordon. Gordon. No, that, oh, was, that the was the cat. The dog wasn't. I don't remember the dog's, the dog's name. name was, but we'll just call him Asta. Okay. <laughs> All right, little Asta from the Thin Man. Asta comes through, <laughs> and he's like, "It's funny because Bradster tells him, hey, dog, did you, you you find that as well?'" Like he's like talking to him, and the dog looks at him, and he's all corpse-faced, and just shoots a slug right. And the dog just goes <laughs> <laughs> right into his mouth. <laughs> Spits right in his mouth. Chris shows up at Tom's house, and he tells him everything that Alfalfa. It's really sad because he's like, "They got Alfalfa." Like, oh, that's so. Sad. Oh my god! And also, it was interesting that Tom, when he gets to Tom's house, Tom has taped his door. Oh shut. yeah, he was ready to just like when he opens the door, he's got to pull all the mask and the duct tape off the <laughs> door first. And and as he was on his way to Tom's house, we got one shot of like the bus taking all the all the frat boys to. Uh, to the formal dance, because they're going to get too ripped up to be able to drive themselves. That's right. Uh, so they've chartered a bus, and they're on the bus, and the only reason they made a note is one guy goes, we're going to get done, dudes! <laughs> I'm so glad you notated that. I miss- I was just like, oh, the assholes are getting on the bus, but I'm glad you listened to this. <laughs> we're going to get done, dudes. Oh. And it's funny, because so then after he tells Tom what happened, we cut back to that bus, and uh, the bus driver... Tell me this, because I see the bus driver, he sees the dog, he freaks out, he goes, I think it's astonishing, this guy must love dogs, because he goes hard right, hits head on into a fucking truck, a giant construction truck, everyone like just a huge wreck, but right before that, he flipped the bus, he flips it, I could have sworn the bus driver's eyeballs popped out, I don't know what the fuck, go back and see that, because I thought that shit looked weird as fuck, I was like, why did the bus driver's eyeballs pop out, maybe they were just big eyes, I don't know. (laughs) I think he just had big eyes. I mean, who Maybe knows? he just really sold it. He was like, he did like a Looney like, Tunes Whoa! reaction to the dog on the road. He's like, <laughs> they popped out of his head for a second and snapped back yeah, into the hole. At first, I'm like, there's no way they would have spent the money to put effects on his eyes just because he's wrecking it. I'm like, yeah, he went like uh, Christopher Lloyd and Roger yeah, Rabbit. Yeah, it's exactly what it was like. Not the dip. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so then. Uh, after that all happens, we see Tom, and we're introduced. We get to see the great Dick Miller in a movie again. Yes! It's that guy, Dick Miller, who, by the way, little note, is once again going by the same character name. Oh, man, it never ends. Uh, Dick Miller has a thing, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, where I want to say like six of his movies, he's had the same character name, just for fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his uh, character from A Bucket of Blood, the Roger Corman one. classic, is named Walter Paisley. Amazing. Uh, feel free to check out my podcast where we covered it's it years ago. It's a great episode, yeah. 
I honestly think so too. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, he plays a character named Walter Paisley. And then uh, was it '86? He did Chopping Mall, where he's also playing Walter Paisley. Yeah. And uh, so of course Atkins goes, "Hey Walter," when he sees <laughs> Dick Miller. And I love Dick. I love Dick Miller's whole energy. It's like just like this fun kind of like, "Hey, what's up, everybody? What's going on?" Real working class, salt yeah, of the earth kind of guy. You know, he's a walking Springsteen song. <laughs> this Dick Miller. And uh, Tom asked for the. He's like, "Hey, uh, why don't you give me that flamethrower you got back there? I was hoping to get that flamethrower there." He's like, "Well, you're gonna need a requisition form." And Tom says, "Well, the thing is, I don't have a requisition form." As he loads his twelve gauge and points it at his face, and Dick Miller's just like, "Oh boy, okay, well, <laughs> that is the classic." Oi. Yeah, guess you're getting this flamethrower. <laughs> I also loved that when they left the house, Tom just got his shotgun and trench coat from under the bed. (laughs) And it was the only thing under the bed. And it wasn't even like a, it was a very small bed where you can clearly see the shotgun from any angle in the room. Yeah, uh, Tom is living the minimalist life and it's not for the style part of it. It's just like, yeah, real survivalist. This this is all I need. So uh, then we see Tom and, uh, no, actually we go back to the wreck site. We go back to the bus yeah, from here. that wreck site. And this is where we get the, we get some real special effects Love here. This. Love it. Because, like, we're seeing, like, a, you know, di- disembodied hands still attached to the steering wheel. You know, we got just, just parts strewn so about. Good. And, and the dog just kind of, like, all chill, walks up, like, hey, what's going on, guys? <laughs> and starts coughing up, uh, more slugs. Yeah, he just knocks them all the- through there, and then we all of a sudden get some knocks on the door at the sorority house, and we see it as, uh, zombie Brad at the door. And, of course, the <laughs> sorority girl thinks he's just playing a prank. <laughs> <laughs> Which I yeah. love. They're just like, yeah, Brad's here. <laughs> as he looks like one of the evil dead. He's got, like, the sunken eyes. He looks like Michael in the thriller Yeah, he video. looks exactly like that. I like to think that Brad, whenever he pulls a prank, he calls it a classic prank. I'm sorry. <laughs> You just got pranked. <laughs> pranked by the prankster. Number one prankster. <laughs> prankster. So, from okay, is, is it prank week at the college? <laughs> so we go back to the accident, and the slugs have done their work fairly quickly. I guess because they're already dead, so it's probably easier to just take over. And uh, the the yeah. And so whichever body still had all their parts attached have gotten it's up. It's awesome. Now. I love this scene. That this is when I knew like, oh shit is gonna pop off and it's gonna be Yeah, shit's going down now from now on. And they start of course heading to where they were gonna go in the first place. They start going toward the sorority house and now we're back and Cindy comes down because uh, the sorority sister told her, Hey, Brad's over here to talk to you. She never looks at his face, I guess, because... <laughs> <laughs> That's how done with his ass she is. She gives him the whole breakup speech without looking up at him even yep, once. And, uh, I like that zombie Brad just sits like, there, though. Uh, he's just like, oh, boy, uh, here we go. <laughs> it's like his, like his little face. He just looks so like... Uh, uh. <laughs> hey, just because I'm undead doesn't mean I want to get broken <laughs> up with. You know, this is a rough night for me. I don't know what cares what Brad he's thinks. like, broads, right? Never stop talking. Hey. <laughs> 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 I mean, even now that I have an eternity, it feels like too long. <laughs> and uh, we start seeing, I love it because Brad's mouth basically turns into like a little, like, <laughs> like a little coin dispenser thing, like where you're dispensing gum. Your coin yes. purse. <laughs> a little slug start coming out. It's awesome. And now Chris, of course, comes in at the right time with, with Tom. He's got it. He shoots Brad in the head and then sets him on fire. Now, what makes that great to me is that Cynthia has not noticed that he's <laughs> a zombie. Like, holy shit. 
<laughs> so the other guy she's been talking to ran in, shot Brad in the face, and then set his corpse on fire. That is love, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing a tuxedo and a flamethrower. Oh, what a scene, man. I love that. That is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. And it, the effects are so oh, good. Oh, it's so I good. And he goes, sorry, Brad, don't take it personal. <laughs> and then he hands her a shotgun and goes, here, hang on to this. You'll feel I better. Know, yeah, here you go. I'm going to need you, by the way. And uh, and so then, yeah, they end up actually switching, I think, at some point. And she's... in Yeah, in the next shot, they've swapped yeah. weapons. Uh, I don't know why that went down that way, but they just thought it would be cooler if she was wearing the, the flamethrower. Flamethrowers are dope as fuck, no matter what. I mean, I mean oh, except totally. for in... Um, Vietnam. In Vietnam and in the movie Contamination. Oh. <laughs> yeah, a little less cool in those two instances. <laughs> those two incidents, flamethrowers. Maybe not awesome, the way the way that flamethrowers were used. low for the flamethrower. Honestly, just real regrettable, <laughs> regrettable stuff. But uh, this is where we get my favorite yeah. line from the movie, the one that they used on the, the box art and the posters and all the trailers and everything, is that uh, you know Tom Atkins charges into the sorority house. Everyone's like, call the police. He's like, yeah, go ahead and do that. <laughs> and uh, he's barricading the place and arming himself. And he looks out the window. He goes, well, there's good news and bad news, girls. The good news is your dates are here. And the girls go, what's the bad news? He goes, they're dead. <laughs> he gives that line so well. Oh, it's amazing. He knows exactly what kind of movie he's in, and he's selling yep, yep. it. I mean, he's full of them at this point, because then uh, a zombie hits up the back door, and Tom says, it's Miller time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which out of nowhere, that quip was just like, that's fucking great. <laughs> Thanks, man. It's Miller time. Play. <laughs> what the fuck? It's freaking hilarious. And uh, all the zombies. Meanwhile. Too. It's fucked up. Oh, yeah. It's the whole siege yeah. now. It's it's Night of the Living Dead now, and uh, Cynthia... Because this is Night of the Living Dead, Cynthia is going full Barbara. Oh, yeah. Like, she has frozen still. She's just staring into space. And Chris is trying to get her to snap back out of it because we're all going to die. Please. Please wake up. But fortunately, she does right she in the does. nick of time. And uh, Tom also finds himself in a pickle inside that back room where the other room that we tend to shoot in where we've uh, had the cat come mm -hmm. through a couple times and a bunch of zombies are coming in. He's freaking out. Except... He sees a picture on the wall of the previous members of this sorority, and one of them is his girl Pam back in 59. And he sees this, and he goes god mode. Yeah, the blood flows. He, he just goes, ah, and starts shooting everybody. Yeah, the, blo the blood uh, found its way back to his pee-pee, and uh, he got fired up. <laughs> yeah, and now he's doing the, the gun katas like equilibrium. <laughs> gun katas. Yeah, Remember that? I love that, dude. <laughs> so good. And then uh, the zombies are also around Chris and Cindy, and they, they head into a small shed. <laughs> Great idea, as Chris says. <laughs> well, you know, it worked for Bruce it Campbell. Did, yeah, it did work for him. And uh, I love this because you do get the classic zombies, you know, punching through the wood and holding them. But Cindy does this cool thing where she shoves a flamethrower into a zombie head, lights it up, and the, the whole head just explodes with all the freaking slugs on fire. So yep. good. Great Amazing. Effect. And then this moment's great. Chris finds a lawnmower. Oh, yeah. Love this. He revs. He gets that thing spinning and then just lawnmowers yeah, goes, a dude. Later, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, that, that quip needed a little work, but I'll, I'll take it. I, I I'll appreciated it. the enthusiasm. Chris is just barely feeling himself for once. Like, he's never been this confident ever, so. He's, he's finally finding his true self. That's what happens in college. You experiment a little and you figure out yeah, who you he are. He needed, like, a zombie apocalypse to find it, but. Some of us do. You know, we're late bloopers. <laughs> so then, 
all the slugs for some reason seem to be heading to the basement and cindy realizes holy shit that's one of my that's one of my sorority sisters she had a science project that's down there and there's a jar just jars of brains like <laughs> the basement's full of brains they basically luckily had the one thing that i guess all the slugs are attracted to because that's what they're doing when they're going into our bodies so they're yeah so it was brain. almost like a bait like dope ass bait and so then Chris and Cindy find Tom Atkins. Uh, they're walking through, and Chris is doing this, like, get out <laughs> every time he's passing. Yeah. Leave the house. <laughs> you must leave the Bronx. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, they find Tom Atkins, and he's got a giant-ass canister of gasoline. Uh, oh, man. He has taped his mouth shut so that they can't get in. <laughs> and he's just, like, throwing gasoline around the room. <laughs> oh, God around the basement yeah man it's uh it's rough he's getting ready to to finish these sons of bitches off mm -hmm. and i'm sure you loved this we look in the corner of the basement and there's just a squirming oh, mass God. it's like something out of that movie Fuck. slither just a big old pile all Jesus. wiggling around i don't know how they did that but it's just oh gives me the creeps and uh yeah it does it, it gives me a whole night of them <laughs> And uh, and Tom goes to say something to the kids, he, he, you know, to tell them to get the fuck out of here because he's gonna he's gonna sacrifice himself to save everybody. And so he pulls the uh, the tape off, and right when he inhales to speak, a, a slug jumps at him. But this suave motherfucker <laughs> catches the slug like like the crow catching a throwing <laughs> knife, and, and, and he just goes, "Don't even think about it, you little son of a bitch." That's so good. Oh, like damn, oh. he hasn't lost a step. <laughs> so fucking. But the. Uh, he hasn't but the flamethrower is out of gas and so like shit we got no other way of uh setting this up he tells them to get the hell out of here not by saying hey get the hell out of here he just looks at chris and goes 20 19 18 it's like you better figure it out or you're gonna burn with me <laughs> you know that's basically how it's going uh -huh. and so they go running out of the house and they're counting along so they know the timing yeah. awesome and uh and the, everyone's gathered outside, all the sorority girls, all of our survivors. Chris looks back at the house right as the count reaches the end. He goes, Detective, thrill me. Yes. Loved it. And then, boom! Dude, I think Tom also brought a couple of, some explosives and some TNT. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Shit. Like, Jesus Christ. I think JC popped up in the background with the old cartoon plunger <laughs> that says TNT on it. Because that was a hell of an explosion. But uh, you know what? Tom saves the fucking day. This is like one of my favorite mustachioed storylines so far. Um, loved it. Oh, yeah. And then, um, yeah, and we it, get our little love scene. We get our little, like, you know. Yeah, they're they're kissing as the building burns, but uh, I love this. That's not oh, how we're going to end it. We cut around the back of the house, and crispy Tom <laughs> Atkins, charred black, no hair on his head, but the mustache is still impeccable. Yes. The only hair on his body that didn't burn off was his indestructible mustache, and he's and he's smoking a cigarette and just sort of limping away from the house. A job well oh, done. Such a badass. Uh, but then his walking slows, and he falls forward. And the second he hits the ground, slugs fly out of him in every yep, direction. It's like a Cadbury. His head it's just like a Cadbury explodes. Egg. <laughs> yep. And uh, and they start the slugs start heading into the into the next thing over the next plot of land and what is that plot it of is land? The Daniel? Crest Ridge Cemetery. So we know. Oof, oh not fuck! Good. Things are not going to go well for for Chris and Cynthia. Oh, no. But uh, and we pan up 
because a light suddenly shines on one of the tombstones and then disappears and shines on another one like there's a yeah. searchlight. Is it a police helicopter? What's going on? Hell no. It's that spaceship from the oh, beginning. Yeah. <laughs> and they're kind of like, where the hell are those slugs we left here? <laughs> and they just go, eh, and they fly away. Yeah. I. What is your theory on this? Do you know, like, what is going on with the aliens? So was this guy, like, some kind of dude that was like, oh, I want to release these slugs? Because it almost seems like the slugs are their enemy, too, that they didn't want to let them out. Yeah. Is this some kind of act of extraterrestrial terrorism? Yeah. Like... Because in the beginning, you think you're with that little guy who's running. You do, but he might. But he released the slugs, so I don't, I don't know. Is this like uh, 28 Days Later? Was he some kind of like animal rights activist <laughs> of another planet? He's like, we can't keep these slugs contained like this. It's oh, not that's fair. A good theory. Maybe it is something like that. He's like, we need to set these motherfuckers free. And next thing you know, it just takes over Earth. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, no, you idiot. <laughs> Stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> He's like, free the slugs. <laughs> yeah, dude, because... That is like hardcore, and I, I, I don't know, man. Like I was just wondering, what are these aliens gonna do? Cause, and I wish uh, Fred Decker had explored what to do in the sequel, but we never oh. got one. Cause uh, as I said, you know, his next movie was uh, Monster Squad in '87, and then uh, he didn't do RoboCop till I want to say '90. Man, but. Speaking of Monster Squad, though, another tag that was on that bathroom stall that JC was in said Go Monster Squad on it, which is interesting because this is a year before that movie existed. I like when people do that. It's like all the Pixar movies. Somewhere in there is a hint of what the next one's going to be. They're always so far ahead in schedule, so it's like, yeah, they can totally do that. I think that's fun. Like Little Easter eggs like that is is always kind of cool and i i honestly for real bobby wish that there's it's not too late maybe we could get a sequel because i think it would be fun to see like a more crazy like zombified uh sequel to this and then you also have the aliens maybe worked in a little more since it's not so expensive honestly i mean our our two surviving leads are still around you know our the actors i mean and they're they're not very busy right now <laughs> yeah that's true i'm not doing nothing you just you know Bring them on in. Yeah. Put them on the screen. Uh, I just wish there was a way to bring back Atkins. I know. We could, only his stash is around. That's, it's still there. <laughs> it's squirming around <laughs> on the ground like a slug. Oh, the, the stash jumps on your face, and then you get all the power of Tom Atkins. Oh, that would be so dope. I, I think it would have to be like it's his son. Like he had like some fun baby at some point. <laughs> fun baby. <laughs> oh, man. That's who Spanky was all this time? It was uh, Tom Atkins' illegitimate oh, that son? that explains it. That's why he says thrill yeah, me at that's the why, end. That's also why I had the one-on-one with him. He was like, I need to confess to my son. That's what we need. Like, <laughs> we, need to, we need to bring back the lead who played Chris, and we need him to just have the same hair and mustache that Tom Atkins Ooh, had the like original. He has a super fire red mustache. I could go for that. Yeah, dude. It's like mine. <laughs> I love that. Like mine when I first grew it. It's all dark now. We gingers turned into brunettes yeah. once we get old. You gotta but... enjoy the fire days while they're around. It's... But uh, but Daniel, that was Night My of the God, Creeps. Dude, what an adventure! I absolutely loved it. And and this is, you know, I always say after I'm done, um, you know, going through and breaking down a movie, I always say there are some memorable characters. This is actually true. There were some memorable characters in this fucking absolutely. movie. Absolutely, absolutely loved it. I do have a segment, Bobby, that I like to call Quick Impressions, and I'm going to do a quick impression for you. <laughs> yes, this is gonna be easy. Quick impressions. Zombies, exploding heads, creepy crawlies, and a date for the formal. 
This is classic Spanky. <laughs> so it's nothing like Tom Atkins, but uh, I, yeah. just to say, I just wanted to say it. That's why I was like, yeah, you oh, say man. it because I want to say it later. <laughs> Dan, Dan Atkins, Dan ladies Atkins. and gentlemen. So as you know, everybody, I do rate these movies by my favorite mustaches. Um, you know, the full Fu Manchu recommendation is kick-ass fucking movie. Loved it. You got the hor- uh, walrus mustache, which is badass. You got the horseshoe mustache, which is eh, not that great. And then you got the Hitler mustache, which is burn this bitch in hell. Bobby, what do you give this movie? Well, I think it won't surprise you one bit to know that I give this movie a full Fu Manchu with a slug hiding under it. <laughs> Recommendation. I completely, completely agree. This gets the full Fu Manchu mustachioed podcastio recommendation. It is, I just had such a good time. I have found like maybe one of my top, like definitely one of my top favorite horror movies just from this one watch like it's it just shot up oh, dude. god damn like, i loved it look at that that's wonderful i i love hearing that dude i'm glad i could Hell bring yeah, that to man you. i very much appreciate it i just i don't know i just had a really really good time with it i loved all the i love the all the different aspects of horror that it brings to it and i love i think the comedy still holds up a lot of it i think a lot of it is still really good Honestly, on this rewatch, it was I, I loved it no less than I ever have. Like it was just it just stays right there. It's so good, man. So, uh, do you have any uh, do you have any plugs? I'm sure you have some some uh, some good stuff coming up that you'd like listeners to know about. Oh boy, let's see. Uh, of course, anyone who listens to this show already knows about the Grind Bin. It's been mentioned many times. Everyone from the Grind Bin extended family has appeared here on the on the Mustachio yeah. Podcastio. So uh, I don't need to plug that too hard. But uh, if for some reason you haven't checked out the other shows in this extended family, please do. Everyone's doing something really cool. And I, I'm glad to see that with all of our Definitely. friends. Um, uh, outside of that scale, uh, at uh, that universe, that sphere, I just recently made an appearance on Captain Jack's Armbar Emporium on the Steel Cage Network. That is normally a pro wrestling podcast, but for Halloween, uh, the host, Jack, watched 106 horror movies. And he brought me on to uh, make him discuss all 106 Holy of them. Shit. <laughs> so go check that out. That was a fun conversation. Uh, that's all I got plug-wise. Other than that, I ain't got much going on. I'm just watching movies and showing them to people. <laughs> just having a good time, changing lives. <laughs> yeah, just chilling. You know, today was at the time of this recording. Today was a real damn good day for a lot of us. So I'm just you know I'm chilling, man. I'm having a good time. The the edible is kicking in, and we're just <laughs> it's a chilling. Celebration, bitch. That's it's right. Good damn time. Uh, and y'all know you can always drop by the Instagram for the show at Mustachioed Podcastio, and you know like. Let me know if you have any freaking suggestions. You can also find us on Twitter at mpodcastio. And yeah, Bobby hell of a time i can't wait for you to come back daniel my man it's an absolute pleasure uh always a pleasure to be here and always a pleasure to have you over hell on yeah, my dude. show i can't wait till the next time i'm on uh, and uh hopefully um tim's not on so that way me and you can talk <laughs> i hope he hears that <laughs> oh we love you tim all right brother you have a good one y'all have a good one as well check y'all later bye absolutely bye-bye <laughs>